everybody, and welcome to episode 309 of Video Game Apocalypse. I, as usual, am your host, Michael Raparez. Who else is here in the ethereal Tyler Wilde Memorial Studio of the Airwaves with me? Rejected Disney acquisition, Chris Antista. And four-page version of a much longer report, Matthew Allen. And rejoining us after a long absence, it's special guest... It's me again, George Albor. Hi, George. Thanks for joining us. What up, My George? Pleasure. Where can people hear your stuff ordinarily? Ordinarily, I am experiencepoints.net. If you Google experience points, you will find us. Awesome. Where you talk about video games and are generally a rival to this show. Yeah, a, a small, we're like a small little uh, <laughs> village compared to your we're, mighty kingdom. We're all small villages. That's the real secret. <laughs> There's no competition, only extended family here on Video Game Apocalypse, <laughs> where we will get into a bunch of stuff this week. We've all played Sekiro, presumably. Um, yeah. you, you all had your yep. homework. <laughs> And uh, a bunch of new stuff is coming out. It's a big week for uh, Ubisoft, which, full disclosure, George and I are both employees there. Uh, <sighs> but coming out with Space Junkies, Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered. There's a lot to talk about. But first, we have our traditional weekly top five, which uh, was your idea, I think, Matt, as we were talking about it. And uh, yes. how, do you remember what inspired this? I do. Very specifically, I remember my train of thought here. So I saw, well, we will talk about it in the news segment, but mm. I saw the announcement that uh, Shang Tsung mm. will be the first DLC character for Mortal Kombat. And Damn, Shang Tsung! Yeah, yes. Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung. Can turn be. into whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a callback for a really old fan. Deep cuts. And not only is it uh, Shang Tsung, the first DLC character, but he will be played by the original actor from the Mortal Kombat, 1995 Mortal Kombat film, uh, Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa, Tagawa yeah. will be playing him. And, of course, his character that, that you see in the teaser trailer is, is much older. Uh, than you're used to yeah, seeing he him looks from more those like films in the first game, right? And and I realized, well, that movie was '95, so yes, that actor has aged quite a bit. So it makes sense that his video game equivalent, even though Shang Tsung jumps around in age all the time, he's mm -hmm. a magical wizard; he can be whatever age he wants, exactly, yeah. at uh, any moment in time. Yes, and so, but but it did. Then it reminded me of some other characters in video game franchises that we have kind of grown old with you know that that have grown over the years grown old with us really because we're yeah. the ones doing it naturally they're like I, I think with with most video game characters they just sort of uh stay ageless in a bubble like yes. matthew right. mcconaughey that's what i love about these high school girls man they get older i stay the same age <laughs> From Richard Linklater's uh, Portrait of Dorian Gray. Fucking Wooderson, man. You're going right. to go to jail, man. <laughs> Let me tell you, Wooderson's pack. And we're talking a 411 mm -hmm. positive track out back, 750 double pumpers, Edelbrock intakes, 11 to 1 pop up pistons, turbo jet, 390 horsepower. We're talking is this, some is this fucking a Beach Boy song? Yeah, do you have the whole thing memorized? I'm so impressed. I thought when you got old, your memory failed. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ah, never, never underestimates Matt. Matt's propensity to just stare at a glistening redneck. He loves that man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Matthew McConaughey, if he were to carry business cards, should just read "glistening redneck." <laughs> oh my gosh! His upcoming film, and, and, uh, Beach and speaking of video great. games, spoiler: that's what his latest movie was all about. Hmm. I'm sorry. I, read about Serenity. It's ridiculous. It's pretty amazing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but but yes, like I said, um, most video game characters just remain 
perfectly ageless, yeah. uh, like they're encased in amber. But these somehow aged. Yeah, it's it's a most game characters. It makes sense. You got a franchise. You want to mm-hmm. keep selling the games. People like Mario, they don't need to age. You know, and part of the power fantasy of games is that you are this typically younger character, uh, and then from game to game in a series, like they're not going to change much. And what makes these unique is that the heroes usually of these franchises have have aged as the series has progressed. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll get into them right after this. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. But we uh, were all ruined by the Leaving Neverland documentary? Hi, I'm Chris. Who is with me? I think we should take it off the air. (laughs) Nobody should see it. At its core... What's really disturbing about this is that it is a very typical story of groupies. Oh, yes. But everyone is six or seven right. years old. Yeah. Correct. And that's why it's because he made these kids fall in love with them, and then they fall in love, and he finds someone new, and he mm-hmm. fucks around with us. No, but like you're saying, it's I mean, so that, that's what makes it even worse is that he had to jump through the extra hoop of tricking the kids' families yes. you right. know, in order to, to win their trust. Yeah. And that just yeah. makes it so much more insidious. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And we're back to talk about what, Chris? Uh, a characters that age in real time? Yes, in real time. Uh, <laughs> Does this mean I get to talk about, for better or for worse, the amazing comic strip from Canadian Lynn Johnson? It really is the best, or was, before she just <laughs> rebooted the whole thing for some reason. And wrote new bubbles. Yeah, why? Very strange. <laughs> I grew you up know, with the I Pattersons, love, You know what man? I love most about this? Second most about that comic? The dog. What I like most about it is when the dog died from aging. <laughs> Well, he didn't die from aging. He should get, oh, did give right. him a hero's death. He died from aging in real life. Yes. Uh, but in, in the comic, he dies uh, saving April Marion from a river. She, she, he keeps her from drowning. Okay, so we did a laser time on comic strips a while back. <laughs> this is something people 10 years younger than us are not going to understand. And I, I, understand your, I understand being flummoxed right now. Mm, yeah. yeah, sorry everybody. We promise this is about video games. Beginning with this video game. Number five. I do my own stunts. You? I got people for that. Poser. This is less about a specific game and more about a character. Yeah, this is this is Mortal Kombat 11 Johnny Cage. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so what's the, what's the deal with him? Are there two Johnny Cages? Well, the deal with Mortal Kombat 11. So the, the main antagonist is a character that can control time. And so this upcoming mm. game is all about uh, there's... Well, Mortal Kombat's done this a few times where they retcon kind of the timeline where, like, Raiden, like, sent a message through the past and then yeah. caused As, it to diverge. We've talked yeah. about on a recent show. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the, there's the original timeline, which is Mortal Kombat 1 through Armageddon. And then at the end of Armageddon, everything is rebooted for Mortal Kombat 9, which goes back to the original timeline again and now follows a completely different path that is absolutely fucking bonkers. Uh, Liu Kang and Kung Lao are bad guys now. Uh, Johnny Cage in particular and and Sonya Blade are uh, aging parents. Yes. They're well into middle age. Johnny Cage is uh, one of the more mature characters, even though he's constantly wisecracking. He's dead. He has... uh, 
you know, gray temples. Yeah, so their their young versions are brought into the future, into this alternate timeline. Yeah. And Chronica is the name of the enemy that, that controls all this. With a K, before you ask, yes, it's Chronica. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it sounds it sounds like Chronoka. they spilled it, it sounds like they spilled injustice into into some of the Mortal Kombat a little fighters. bit. Well, like watching especially the old school versus new school trailer made me realize like Mortal Kombat for me has kind of supplanted Call of Duty as this like really interesting cinematic storyline that I will play through like in one or two sessions and yeah, just yeah. be entertained by and remember. Can we talk about that trailer? Cause I love that trailer. Yes. Uh, so the thing going for that trailer is it opens, it opens with Johnny cage and, um, it opens with like nineties rap. And so basically it's like, it's the old school versus the new school trailer. They call it. Right. Yes. And so throughout the trailer though, if you pay attention, they shift from like the old nineties hip hop into like current hip hop. And then there's like when the two timelines converge, there's a little bit of like a hybrid hip hop thing with like some old samples over near side. Oh, it's, nice. it's, it's, it's really cool, man. That's really clever. Yeah. And I love that it just begins with Johnny Cage doing a slow mo, a slow motion split punch into Kano's crotch. Yes, and as Kano's sitting there like gasping, he's like, "Go back to the '90s." And you even hear like the cash register ching ching when yeah, he when he hits him. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> but no, but Dad Johnny Cage also was inspiration for me for for this top five because yeah, it's it's Johnny Cage like Michael mentioned with like the graying temples. And he's talking to his younger self, who has, like, the douchebag Fred Durst-like stomach yeah. Old English tattoo lettering. Oh, they both have that. Well, and, and that's the thing. I yeah. really want to see old Johnny Cage with his shirt off, like, just to see how that tattoo is degraded I mean, over yeah, time. You, you see, play Mortal Kombat 10. He has it in there. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, I think I think my favorite shot is the, the end where it's like a... The, the soundtrack is like, best check yourself. And like old Johnny just like slaps young Johnny yeah. upside the head and his sunglasses <laughs> fly off. Yeah. And young Johnny just pulls out a new pair and puts them on. It's like, that is like peak ridiculous <laughs> 90s fighting game yeah. anime bullshit. I love it so much. Yes. And, and this series has really taken the character of Johnny Cage and developed him in some interesting ways. Like he started out like for the first, you know... Th- pretty much the early years of Mortal Kombat like into 4 or 5 and Deception uh, he was Johnny Cage was just like the stereotype of a, a douchebag actor like oh I'm really great all the time everybody yeah. worship me and in Mortal Kombat 9 they kind of started him off on that note the Elder Gods created the Mortal Kombat tournament to give Earthrealm a chance to defend itself but if we lose this time Shao Kahn will conquer all dun 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 Look, guys, I'm an actor. I saved the world for the cameras. If this emperor is really a threat, call the military. Me? I've got a date with a blonde. Ciao. What do you see in him? He's so cool. What don't you see? He's amazing. Look at those shades. I love the part of, of the old school, new school trailer where young Johnny Cage is just like going aggro into the fight and old Johnny Cage is like, he's going to get us killed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. So he is. I just love. Yeah. A middle aged dad. Sex, mm-hmm. Sexy dad. Johnny Cage is great. And he yeah. has he has progressed in, in terms of. Yeah. He was he's- just action douchebag action hero yeah action johnny and he's always been i would say one of like the main hero characters of the mortal kombat series oh absolutely i'm only speculating but it seemed like he was like i don't know they always pick the the whitest character to be the main character in a fighting game series but he was all over the original flyers and they had that fallout with the actor yeah daniel who played him 
Yeah. And then and then I felt like he was diminished a little bit because even in the movie he's one of the main characters. Yeah. They, well, they left him out of um, Mortal Kombat three, I think. Yeah. There there was some bad blood there. He did that that ad for Bloodstorm. I think, which was their competing fighting game, which was kind of <laughs> shitty. Oh, it, it spoiled their relationship. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, then they just replaced him like, oh, yeah, we could just, we don't have to have an actor anymore and just replace him with a polygonal uh, buff dude. But, like, Never! <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he, he, Mortal Kombat 4 reference. Yeah, it, it's interesting because he was originally supposed to be the star of Mortal Kombat because Mortal Kombat was originally thought up as a Bloodsport video game. Yeah. And he was supposed to be the Van Damme character. Oh, there you go. But then that fell through and he became John Cage, the blowhard actor. And he he was still a good guy, but he was kind of a, a like a sidekick. Not quite a sidekick, but yeah. more like the, you know, the secondary rival character who comes around and is a good guy in the end. Yeah. Yeah. And comic relief as well. Oh, absolutely. And and that continues well into the the current season or timeline, era. current series. And uh, although you, you it is kind of balanced out with uh, slightly more serious moments. This is what split us up in the first place. You disappear in your work. Never time for me and Cassie. I had responsibilities. Sorry, you couldn't be the center of attention. There was a time when you cared more about your family than your job. General. Ooh. That's him talking to Sonya Blade. So, yes, they they fell in love and had a kid together, and then they split up because she had responsibilities. And he's just... It, this is ridiculous. Every couple of years, I will just... Like, life will fall away, and I'll just go through the Mortal Kombat wiki. Mm-hmm. And, and realize <laughs> all these things I didn't remember from games I played repeatedly. Yeah. And I, I was one of those nerdy kids in the 90s who, like, obsessively, like, consumed every bit of Mortal Kombat lore and, like, knew all the characters and their motivations and everything because, like, the endings did go into pretty good depth on some of the characters. And then my friends would be like, no, Mortal Kombat's great because there's no story. Like, who even cares? Like, why, why'd they make this into a movie? There's no storyline here. I'm like, what are you talking about? You just never paid attention. Yeah. I mean, the storyline. Read the text. Hmm. I mean, the movie yeah. storyline. Read my fan fiction. Yeah, exactly. Isn't, read read isn't, the book by Jeff Robin, the novelization <laughs> of the video game. Oh, what? No. Oh, God. So, Actually, on second thought, don't read that. Well, do don't that. read it. Actually, it, weird story there. So the guy who wrote that, Jeff Robin, had previously done a series of How to Win at Nintendo books in the 80s, which I probably yeah. still have somewhere. And then, like, I looked at him and was like, oh, I wonder what he's doing now. And he's, like, going on Fox News saying, I used to be a fixer for the Clintons. I had people killed. And what? probably not that. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's gone, <laughs> gone like, batshit political. Oh, wow. fun. Yeah. How to win at politics. Mm-hmm. I mean, the story of the Mortal Kombat movie is just Enter the Dragon, isn't it? It's, oh, yeah, it's come to the island. Right. Mi- that, mixed with Bloodsport. That's why It and Dead or Alive are the only good video game movies. Perfect. Because yeah. <laughs> they're just remakes of Enter the Dragon. <laughs> uh, wow. Um, yeah. I, 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 I fucking love Johnny Cage now. I, I, again, love what the franchise has done with him. That it's taken what was always like just a shallow one-note character and made him, like... The emotional center of the series. Yeah. Yeah. It's also just strange that, that Mortal Kombat is kind of the longest running story in all video games. Yeah. That's not... Maybe Street Fighter is longer running, but uh, yeah. Yeah, but they, they went back to... They, like, four set in the past. I don't know where five is. 
I mean, Assassin's Creed, if you really chain them together. Mm. Oh, stop yeah. it. You mean takes place over the most years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but a, a story told for 20 years without really rebooting it. I mean, it, yeah. it was rebooted, but but it was an in-series reboot. Like, it was... Yeah. We're, we're still... The, the original timeline's still there. We're just starting a new one. Yeah, when, and that's what this game does. This game brings that original timeline and says, this is what would have happened to them. Yeah. Yeah. Presumably, or maybe they're just straight from the '90s. I don't know. Hell yeah! Yeah. What were you saying, Chris? Um, that I don't know as much as I thought about Mortal Kombat. Mm, nobody knows as much as they thought about Mortal Kombat. Finish him. But uh, yeah, I'm especially excited with uh, Shang Tsung to bring it back around to him. That apparently it's not just that Karihiro Yokitagawa is going to play him as the first DLC character, but he'll also be your guide in the crypt, spelled with a K. Also with a K. Yes, which, uh, if it's anything like past crypts, it'll be like, oh, here's a place where you can spend your combat coins and unlock cool extras and things. Yes. So, yeah. That's exactly what it will be like. Mm-hmm. I'm all for him being a guide, sure. Maybe he'll be the announcer, too. That'd be fucking awesome. Uh, anyway, I'm going to stop being nostalgic now because we need to move <laughs> along to... Number four. Yeah. No, he's doing the oldest thing possible, caring for a child. Kiryu-san! Kiryu-san, I love you! Kazuma Kiryu, from the Yakuza series. Everyone's sexy daddy, video game daddy. Who's... Possibly a virgin, <laughs> going by what the creator <laughs> said about him. Really? I think so. I must have missed that. I mean, he did. So it's not a... his kid. I've never played a Yakuza game. Oh man, he spends a lot yeah. of time in those video parlors, Michael. He <laughs> does, which do not involve actual sex. <laughs> no, they do not. So Yakuza is a weirdly charming series. Weirdly charming because it's the only game that I'm aware of that is a. A serious crime series about a criminal who goes out of his way to never commit an actual crime. <laughs> like he will, he will beat up people who are threatening him or other people. But really, he's he's more of a vigilante than an actual yeah. criminal. He doesn't threaten people who don't deserve it. He doesn't take advantage of the weak. He he just beats up thugs. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But in, in between, beats up thugs that are of lower levels than him. That's true. Um, well, sometimes he fights bosses, uh, you sure. know. But th- this is a character who, like, I think Yakuza 1 was set in present day at the time, so early 2000s, but we've since had Yakuza 0, which was set in the 80s, yeah. and gave us a much younger version of this character. So we've kind of seen him go from, like, just this young punk who's barely a Yakuza to someone who's, like, he's, he's been the chairman of uh, his crime syndicate. Yeah, I think in, in Zero... The youngest we see him, there's flashbacks to when he's like 17, and then Zero is supposed to be when he's like 20, mm-hmm. which would make him the most mature 20-year-old on the face of the planet. Oh, I don't yeah. know what you guys were doing at 20, <laughs> but I was not fucking working my way up a criminal yeah. organization. I was not giving pep talks to a dominatrix <laughs> who was having trouble giving her clients what they want. And I certainly... I, mean, I was, but, you know... I certainly wasn't sitting in rates. a video parler, a XXX video parlor, with another guy watching a video of a girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that actually happens no. in that game. <laughs> I was snorting, riddling with my friends, trying to see who could get their uh, get their balls out of a twirling fan the past. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very on brand. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yes, I, I am the. We called it gay jackass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Kiryu is like as as he's gone. I think beginning with the second game, or he he meets this girl in the first game, this little girl, and eventually kind of adopts her as his daughter. Yeah. And then he founds an orphanage and retires to it. And uh, he's like, no, I'm just going to be a civilian and take care of these kids from now on. But like every time a new game happens, he keeps getting pulled back yeah. into the life. Yeah. Like I think the plot of six is the girl disappears and he's going to find her. Well, it's, game, right? it's, 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 it's not girl, that it? it's uh, that. So she, she's grown up and he, at, following the events of Yakuza five. Yeah. He is, being arrested and voluntarily decides, okay, I'm not going to run away from the cops. Yeah. I'm going to give myself up. I'm going to do my time, and then I'm going to settle down and just take care of these kids. So yeah. he goes away for like three years. Yes. And uh, leaves his daughter in charge of the orphanage right. during that time. And during that time, she disappears. Yep. And when he gets out, then she turns up, and she's been hit by a car. She's in a coma, and she's left behind this little baby boy that he didn't know about, who's oh, apparently shit. her son. And so he's trying to figure out, okay, who tried to attack her? Why did they try to do it? And whose baby is this? Yeah. Who's who's the father? God it, damn it. Because that's one of the secrets of the Yakuza series is pretty much most of the games are sort of detective stories where mm -hmm. you're trying to figure out, like, like Zero is all about someone is trying to take over town and go against your the real crime boss that you're loyal to, which is he's serving time in prison in that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and, it, and there's like... There's a lot of mystery element that you're exploring because the other big secret about Yakuza that I didn't know until last year that I wish I would have known, it's just better Shenmue. It's it's well, good yeah. Shenmue. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all these games are. <laughs> yeah, you can go play Sega games and get little capsule collectible toys mm -hmm. and play the crane game. And then you can go to the local liquor store and buy a bunch of stuff that will heal you or just make you drunk. And then you go fight bullies and then you can advance the plot whenever the hell you want. You just mm -hmm. There's no urgency. But yeah, uh, Yakuza Six is is about this character. He's he's probably I think he's in his fifties. He's forty eight, as as I believe what I 48? saw on a wiki okay. page. Yeah, so not not quite an old yet, but uh, he he is old enough to be uh, tenderly greeted by a little girl as Oji-san. Oji-san. Are you surprised? Um, he he. I found out. Uh, I always thought Oji San meant old man. I was like, no, that's Oji San, which means grandfather. There's like an extra I. Oji San is like uncle, so they call him uncle, Uncle Kiryu, um, or Uncle Kazuma. I'm never uncle sure. Kaz. Uncle Kaz. Uncle Kaz. Yeah, yeah. Names. So Kazuma is his, his first name. Sorry. Does this? Does the Yakuza series always take place around the year it comes out, other than the prequels, um, other than Zero? Generally, I think it's a good question. Yeah, yeah. I just looked up the timeline, and it's like it—it's just this random bit of two thousands that does remind me with their corresponding release dates. I like, mean, one through six, six yeah. is, is set in twenty sixteen. Mm. Yeah, oh, so six is set in twenty sixteen. Apparently, yeah. Oh, so that means he's fifty now. Yeah, because that okay. So take away twenty eight years. Yeah, that would put zero in the eighties. What it's supposed to? Yeah, eighty eight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, eighty. Yeah, eighty eight is when zero takes place. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's it's great for that that recreation of the past, but uh, it's this idealized recreation of Japan in the '80s, where it's just like 
everyone is rich, and so literally mm-hmm. the way you get money in that game is you just beat up criminals that confront you on the street, and, <laughs> and money and flies yeah, out. Yeah, money just flies out like it's River City <laughs> Ransom. That's uh, so good. Sweet. <laughs> Wonderful. I just got two, two million yen for beating up a group yeah. of thugs. They're so rich, they don't have anything better to do than uh, look for a tough guy and charge at him and, and try to kill him. And then there's some characters in special suits that are like the nouveau riche that you can beat up for like bonus money. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Mr. Shakedown, the Ms. huge Shakedown. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Takes all your money. But uh, as, as nice as he is to kids, he is far less nice to thugs even in this one. <laughs> That's just him beating up a crowd of uh, Chinese gangsters um, using street signs, among other things. But uh, yeah, that I, I I love that. Yeah, Kiryu is like the indomitable vigilante. He's basically a superhero who can just punch his way through a crowd of yeah. armed goons. Yeah, and uh, and I love that that yeah, pretty much Yakuza zero through six. They confirmed that that's the story of Kiryu. So the next Yakuza, Yakuza game is going to have a different protagonist. But we mm. we have to talk about the flip side of the coin for Kiryu is his sort of nemesis slash friend who also yeah. aged with Majima. us. Majima. Goro Majima. Yeah. Uh, who again, yeah, he shows up in... He's playable in Yakuza 0 as yeah. a very young version of himself. Yes. Like, very, very rakish with an eye patch, but like... Far cry from, like, the bull-cut weirdo we get to know in later games. Right. He doesn't go insane yet. Mm. Uh, yeah, somewhere along the line, he just kind of loses his composure. It's it's such a weird thing in Zero, too, because he's, he's like, suave. And you're like, yeah. this is not the Majima no. he's to see. And really, I, I think it's less that he goes crazy and more that he... Uh, it's it's an affectation. Yeah, it's it's just like this is his persona as a criminal, and uh, you know re- he's he's a serious person really deep down, but uh, you didn't don't really get to drill down to that. Appropriately, uh, when Yakuza One was released in the U.S., it got a dub track, and he was played by Mark Hamill. What? Yes. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> Probably doing his Joker voice. Uh, yeah, I think pretty close to it. Not quite, but uh, I love I love these games. I really want to play them more. I. Uh, I think I've said this before. It's a point of shame for me that I've bought every single game in this series, but I never played one until Zero. And uh, I'm making my way through the Kiwami games now, but... uh, I never played one until last year, and I was immediately smitten and kicking myself for never getting on board. Yep. My problem is I just don't have 200 spare hours lying around every time they come out. Because I like... I like to see all the side stuff. And that's the stuff that just takes a lot of time. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's really weird, because I, I started playing Yakuza Kiwami and realized that, like, I missed the whole slot car racing scene from, like, oh, yeah. from zero. <laughs> so, like, after spending some time in Kiwami with these characters as adults, I, like, went back and, and uh, booted up zero and, like, went and found the, the slot car racing thing. And it's like, oh, it's all the same characters, but they're kids. Oh. So, it's like... I didn't make that connection. Yeah. Yeah, those sections of the game, you feel like are like a real loser you're just sitting there a guy in his 20s sitting in the slot car parlor <laughs> and zero also has the thing that we need to replace any video game that references michael jackson should just use the character they used as the michael jackson stand-in in zero i don't remember did that. you miss that side mission maybe how can you not remember there's literally a mission was he the you're... guy who makes you run out and get tissues so he can wipe his ass like six times no there is a guy that you have to escort him down a street as he's filming a music video and beat up the thugs that are coming toward him huh. to protect him. He's also the guy that you'll meet later in a club to do a dance-off. So, uh, yeah, hmm. it's I amazing. I think I made it there. 
All right. Well, good to know. Like we said, there's a lot of side stuff you can miss in those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Kiryu's got a lot of miles on him, clearly. He does. Yeah. A lot of miles for a guy who's 48. He's seen yeah. a lot of shit. Uh-huh. You know who else has seen a lot of shit? Number three. All right. Time to introduce the new cog to the old cog. I know you guys know who this is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, of course I do. Mr. Phoenix. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Mr. Phoenix. Mr. Phoenix. He's lost his, his first name. It's a very peculiar tradition on the planet Sarah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Marcus Phoenix, old Marcus Phoenix in Gears of War 4, the second game where you don't primarily play as him. Instead, you play as his uh, very put-upon son who has to go and find his dad because uh, apparently the locusts are back. He said he'd be home. He's home. He's always home. That house looks abandoned. Because that's not where he lives. Follow me. He gets like that sometimes. You're about to find out why. Yeah, his dad just sits in a little hovel all the time watching yeah. security monitors. <laughs> that's what my dad does. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, we get to see Marcus Phoenix go from uh, not... Like, he, he was never really young but like you know early 30s uh blue collar meathead which is kind of strange because he actually isn't his dad like a, a scientist he comes and, from wealth like yeah that, that house from a wealthy he's family out in is like a big mansion mm-hmm. he rejected his privilege instead yeah. served his country <laughs> the, the coalition <laughs> the, of ordered species yeah I, yeah, I don't remember the. I, don't, I, I didn't read uh, all seven of the books, Xbox fans. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll never forget when we were talking about gaps in Halo story, and someone was like, "If you ever cracked a book, it's like if I ever cracked a book, it wouldn't be a Halo book." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've read. Then Halo should be in Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Then I'd read it. I've yeah. read my share of video game tie-in books. The Mass Effect novels, in particular, are great. Hmm. I think the last one I I, don't I read was the first Doom novel. And also the Mortal Kombat really? novelization by Jeff Robin. The very first novel I ever bought with my own money was a Mist novel. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I got that. <laughs> I got the sequel, but never read it somehow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right here with you. It wasn't Riven, the sequel to Mist. It was, <laughs> was something say. else. But <laughs> Mist, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, was, that was interesting. Um, but well, there was all those puzzles you had to solve just to open the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a huge really hassle. Annoying. Kind of a pain. I had to go back to the bookstore and find a hidden page just mm-hmm. to open it. Yeah, Watch a full yeah. motion video. Uh-huh. But we're not talking about Mist. We're talking about Gears of War. Oh, but aren't we? Specifically Gears, Gears of War 4. Yeah, it's just, it, I felt like this would have been more meaningful. It's just like, I don't know. It, Gears of War 4, everything is different now. Yet it looks, feels, sounds exactly the same. And even... Even his character model wasn't visibly aged at all. Oh, I mean, he had I mean, a he had a, a white beard. He had a white beard. And uh, the problem is, you you age so fast when you're dealing with that kind of shit. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like he's, he he looked old in the first game. That's Chris, true. His do rag had clearly grown two or three inches. Yeah, but I I do love that uh, he he isn't wearing his do rag the first time you see him. But then like uh, Dell, his his son's friend, like. Yes. I, like hands it to to Marcus in this very poignant scene. Like I think you'll need this, and Marcus like puts it back on. Like oh shit, Hell yeah. yeah. Is that really like the, what impedes you in war? Is like sweat dripping into yeah. your eyes? I don't know. It's crazy. I think maybe like handing him gasoline for his chainsaw gun would have made yeah. more sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I I cannot fight the locust unless I look like JB Smoove from Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> 
I mean, I, I mean, jokes aside, I really like Marcus Phoenix actually, yeah. and I think his son is way less interesting. Absolutely, even even if Marcus uh, spends a certain chunk of this game uh, basically giving dad lectures. Dad, you should look at this. No, you look. I warned you not to join the COG. What did you do? Dad, I told you. Don't go outside here. The COG will hunt you down again. What did you do? Just shut up and look. Shit. Oh, no. Go to to your room. I can't tell if it's my love for Marcus Phoenix or John DiMaggio. Aren't they the same thing at this point? Uh, sort of, sort of, unless you've been watching a lot of just uh, Disenchanted, where he, he's basically, what if Marcus Phoenix were even older and king? <laughs> uh, I, I do like that show. I do. One of, yeah, it's, it, one of my favorite dad moments from 4, though, and, and it's a quote I've mentioned before on this show. It's one of my favorite quotes about getting older, um, where his son, he's talking to his son, and at one point he just says, that's the great thing about getting older. I don't have to have an opinion about everything. <laughs> and those are words that That's pretty good. As I get older I'm like they grow more and more true. It's like people are like what do you think about this? Do I have to think anything about it? I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't affect it feels me. Feels so good like someone came up to me. You see Spielberg with that Apple thing after the Netflix thing like who cares? Yeah, it does not <laughs> matter. What they're not the same thing. It, it, it who cares what Spielberg says? What? Yeah. <sighs> it's like like <laughs> like Patton Oswalt saying like as I get older I don't I don't hate anymore. Like yeah, right, how he, he can't summon the the energy to hate Nickelback and <laughs> right and the whole thing about <laughs> right. like oh they're just doing all this stuff to get chicks. Man, it's like do you know what people have done to get sex and money? Like yeah, they're not killing anyone. Yeah. Yes, it's been it's been a primary motivator for most men throughout mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, your motivator in Gears of War Four to bring it back around is that uh, not only uh, do you, mild spoilers discover that the locusts are still around and going around raiding settlements, but you're under suspicion of sedition because the current Cog leadership blames you for it. Sedition. Led by one James Dominic Phoenix, the son of a famously disgruntled old gear. Speaking of which, Sergeant, how are you? Sorry about the door. Don't sweat it. We were just leaving. So we're clear, Sergeant. If you choose to aid these fugitives, I can't protect you. Yeah, that sounds about right. I love the the son of a moment because like it's a running gag in this that she keeps like I think it's Jin she's like the the current leader of the cog she keeps showing up in these like robots that project her face onto like a faceplate and every single time uh, they get destroyed somehow and so th- that point it's just like yeah everyone just ends a conversation with her by destroying the robot and he does it with the <laughs> chainsaw bayonet it's like son of a <laughs> like, not again pretty awesome yeah. <laughs> Oh man! So yeah, it's a fun game. There's a lot of robots you fight in that game. That's that is yeah. the only difference between Gears One through Three and Four is oh, you fight robots. Hey, you're leaving a judgment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you fight robots and you don't get a chainsaw bayonet for a big chunk of the game. Okay, so speaking of judgment, then mm-hmm. another character that ages over the series that we do get to see toward the end of Four is Damon Baird. Oh, and he's getting old <laughs> to the point where he's lost all of his hair. Oh it's no! Great. <laughs> yeah, they're just bald Baird. I was gonna say you mean Simon Belmont from Captain N. Would me? Yeah, he looks a little bit like Goldberg without his hair. It's huh. Great. 
I'm surprised he isn't like wearing the do rag because I always assume that Marcus wore it all the time because he was bald. But that's he's what not. everyone thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh well. I think that's what the well, four scene was. There's about. other characters that don't use it. It's not like it's a cog, you know, normally given out to all cogs. Mm. Maybe it should be. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. That's everyone. Maybe, maybe they would have won. Mm. Uh, and he's the only one that wore it. Now that I think about it, I yeah. mean that's how you. It's his iconic do rag. Yeah. yeah, Dominic didn't have one. No, nope. Coltrane didn't have one. Nope. Uh, all right, let's move on. Number two. The wrinkled skin, the hardened arteries. Your early aging symptoms look like classic Werner's syndrome. But none of the tests were able to pinpoint the cause. So. Judging by how rapidly the aging has progressed, I'd say a year at best, right? Yeah. Oh no, Assy McGee. Huh. <laughs> Does anyone hate Solid Snake more than Hideo Kojima? <laughs> what? <laughs> the fact that he did oh, the yeah. bait and switch in Metal Gear Solid Two and only put him in the first part of the game, mm-hmm. and the fact that in Four it's like. Oh yeah, you um, you hyper aged, and now you're an old man, and you're going to die within a year. Yeah, you get to play as him again, but he's old. Yeah, I think Kojima thinks of himself that way. He's been hyper aged yeah. through his experience. So there's there's a <laughs> book that I would recommend, Extra Lives by Tom Bissell, where he talks about Metal Gear yes. Solid Four and mentions that I think it's Lee Alexander uh, said that she thinks that uh, Kojima actually intended Metal Gear Solid Four as kind of his own story about like being someone who came up in a different era of game development and is now trying to adjust to this new one and make these cutting edge games but he's an old man and he doesn't know how to quite hang with it and you know Kojima despite looking about 20 is somewhere in his 50s I think he's been making games since the 80s so um, but yeah this it's it's a uh, an interesting story where it begins with Snake saying, War has changed. Ron Perlman was wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think like it, that hit a lot of fans a little bit hard, seeing their hero aged up like that and, you know, given all these frailties. Yeah, well, we all, I think a lot of us assumed there'd be something along the course of four that would reverse the aging yeah. process. And they did kind of play with that because they showed us a younger Snake. But, like, no, it's just a... Just a camo mask. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That you can wear, but you you know it's a mask. But I, I think we, it would have been more acceptable if, if it had just been like, oh, yeah, it's we, we bumped the timeline timeline up a bunch, and now everyone's old. Yeah. Do we need to explain why how he got so old so quick? It's it's basically... Yes. Well, I've got a clip for that. Okay, perfect. Where he runs into Meryl, his former flame. Snake! Meryl! Is that you? What happened to your face? Uh, Accelerated aging. They don't know the cause. Oh my god. So they don't know the cause, but it's probably something to do with him being a clone. Yes. Uh, And, you know, it happened previously with uh, George Sears, who uh, Solidus Snake. See, I thought they did know that it was actually something where they activate it after, like, the clones are designed to, after a certain point, do the rapid I'm not sure if, if they're designed that way or if that's just a design flaw. But, yeah, I don't uh, like, like a more sad version of Blade yeah. Runner. I mean, they're not replicants. Yeah. Like, 
He's <laughs> he's probably somewhere in his forties uh, in this, but he yeah he's physically somewhere in his late sixties. I'm sure it has something to do with like RNA reproduction or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's not Indiana Jones, you know, like he's accelerated <laughs> aging, but yeah. his face isn't melting. That's true. <laughs> well, yeah, Snake. Well, half his face is melting. Snake by the end of this game does have half his face melting because he has to do that whole crawl through the Ugh. microwave corridor. Oh, that's the best scene in the mm-hmm. whole game. Yeah. And just hold up so he can crawl slightly slowly while cool things are happening all over the place. You'll get to see in split screen. <laughs> yeah. But this does play with the aging thing a little bit in that you, you're you not as nimble as, as you are yes. in other Metal Gear mm-hmm. games. And so it relies on the suit. And, yeah. and I think I think it's almost a device to say this: you need to play with the suit in this game with the active camo and, mm-hmm. and really try to blend into your environments using that. More, which 3 had done more of the... There was man three. There was it was just overwhelming the amount of choices you had for camouflage and what you would have to wear with a certain backgrounds. And yeah. then in four, they just said, you know, we have a suit that'll just adapt depending on where you are. You just have to sit still for mm-hmm. for a little while. Octo camo. <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess spoiler alert for the ending. There is another character that we see throughout the Metal Gear Solid series uh, that we see as a yes. very old man. Yes, and he is not artificially aged either. It all began with a bunch of old fools. away. Their era of folly is over. I'm the only one left, and soon I'll be gone too. How can you still be alive? And why are you not voiced by David Hayter or Kiefer Sutherland? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's Big Boss. Mm-hmm. Big Boss. Big Boss. The most ridiculous name for a serious character in history. I want to name my first kid Big Boss. <laughs> uh, it made sense in the NES era when you're just getting those text messages like, this is Big Boss. Like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, and then they, they had to try to explain it in Metal Gear Solid 3, and they're like, oh, well, he actually took the name from just Boss. And mm-hmm. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And became Big Boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a big guy. Pulling up his Big Boss pants. Yeah. He's a Big Boss. Has he, I guess... Uh, Going down has... to Bob's Big Boss. <laughs> <laughs> Come to Big Boss Toy Store. <laughs> well, they give you the extra shake thing right there, the container they make it uh-huh. in. Um, is, how many games has Big Boss started in versus Solid Snake at this point? Oh, that's a good question. If you count Portable Ops as two games, uh, then he has been in five? So okay. he's he's been the main character in Metal Gear Solid 3, Portable Ops, Portable Ops Plus, uh, Peace Walker, and... What about Acid? Is that Solid Snake or is that... That is Solid Snake, and that is, spoiler, actually a clone of Solid Snake. Mm. Also, uh, it is non-canon. Okay. Both both uh, Acid 1 and 2. And then similar caveat for 5. Yeah, and... He's in there. Sort of. Man, your ability to comprehend what's happening in that series is mind-boggling. <laughs> <laughs> I paid very close attention. That's why we're experts, Boss George. explains it in that scene, and I didn't get a lick of it. Mm. Yeah. Oh, the scene continues. I got more. If you'd been in my place back then, maybe you wouldn't have made the same mistakes that I did. Ever since the day I killed the boss with my own 
was already dead. It's because he got punched by Kenshiro. He's already dead. Um, but that that is... Um, it's Boss showing up... This is a character that has been a primary antagonist in yeah. a bunch of games. Uh, Snake has killed him, like, at least twice by this point. And so... He's supposed to have been dead for years. And the whole how are you still alive thing is uh, after Snake sees him, immediately draws a pistol, and Boss disarms him and then hugs him. And it's like, you you don't have to fight anymore. You can just live now. Does he disarm him with the CQC? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so cool. <laughs> Idiot well, old I, man. Just I, think, I think he, just, he hugs him and then he... Yanks the gun out of his hand and pops the clip and the, uh, the bullet in the chamber. He disarms him emotionally mm-hmm. and then physically. He lets him be disarmed, right? It's not like he's like violently wrestling Snake to the ground. No, 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 no. It's <laughs> it's just a very manly, fatherly hug. Yeah. And even at the end, like Big Boss isn't sure. Like, well, you're you're my clone, or are are you my son or my brother? I was going to say, does a clone count as your dad? Because kind of your son and your brother. Mm-hmm. It's a Chinatown reference. <laughs> Gross. Um, but the, uh, yeah, I mean, there's that clip in Metal Gear Solid Five where Snake is informed about his uh, his clone sons and is like, I've got nothing to say to them. <laughs> like, they're just, they're just clones. Yeah. I don't, I don't want anything to do with them. Fuck those kids. Is that let's, your kefir? Let's go on Mori. I don't believe I it's don't mine. Know. It's just my snake. <laughs> That's your kefir? That- Prove to me he's my clone. That's your kefir snake. I, yeah, I guess, sort of. I'm, right. I'm not a good I impressionist. Like I never claimed to be. Give me a line from Lost Boys. Come on. I don't remember that movie. Can somebody do me a favor and like track down Kiefer Sutherland? And I want to see how little he knows about me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in a game. He recorded hours for those audio tapes, too. That's what's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. And yeah. barely talks in the game <laughs> itself. It's so good. It's so because everyone's like, "Oh man, he got paid so much for like an hour or two of work." I'm like, "You haven't listened to the audio tapes, have no, you?" No, no, that's extensive stuff. And that that game is, I think it's a high level troll at its best. That is still <laughs> extremely fun to play. It really is. Yeah, oh, it's, it's like a troll on Konami, but mm-hmm. also us. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And the troll is that it's not finished. <laughs> no matter what Konami says. <laughs> that is- Hmm. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's jump into... What? Snake wasn't number one? Blasphemy. Give him here. Giovanni. Shh, my love. It will be all right. Tu sei un auditore. Sei un combattente. Perciò, combatti. Listen to him. (laughs) A fine set of lungs. And what shall we call him, my love? Ezio. Ezio Auditore da Firenze. I sort of gave it away there. (laughs) Sort of cheating, but Mm. whatever. Ezio. Ezio Auditore. It's so, because the game Assassin's Creed 2 begins, and I I both think this is ridiculous, and Mm -hmm. I love it. With you as a baby, yep. and you move your you move your hands to get used to the puppeteer system. Like this yeah, is your left hand, right hand, legs, head. <laughs> it's great. It's so weird and, and mm-hmm. wonderful. I mean, a, a neat addition. Yeah. Well, you know, those are growing into like assassins' hands. You know, mm-hmm. so it's that much cooler. These are the hands that yeah. will kill across Italy. Exactly. We made the, the game, and we thought you wanted to see the hands without blood on them for one. <laughs> oh, they've killed so many people. He is covered in blood. <laughs> it's mother's out. blood. 
And I like that my impression of Ubisoft developers is a stereotypical Italian. Mangia. <laughs> Checks out. Uh, but this is... I, I made, we, we picked this one for number one because, you know, Snake and Big Boss, that's obviously really cool, but... As you pointed out, Matt, uh, Snake is a bit of a cheat since he's aged up artificially. Yeah. Whereas Ezio, we get to see him almost go cradle to grave. Like, we're there at his birth. Mm -hmm. Uh, We see him when he's a young 'er ne'er-do-well nobleman getting into fights in the streets of Florence and uh, having to get patched up by his brother and a doctor. Ben trovato, doctor. Hmm. Fratelli auditori, why am I not surprised? You've made quite a mess of yourself, young man. It's nothing, really. You must help him. That pretty face is his only asset. Forty It's Elias Tofexis. Uh, Adam Jensen as his as his older brother. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are we referencing? Because if we're going to reference characters these people have played, I think you should say that Ezio is also Sonic. Yes, right? he's also Sonic. <laughs> Chili dogs. <laughs> I got to go fast. Got to go fast. <laughs> I think there, there was something that I, I went to a, an Assassin's Creed panel at PAX one year where he was there, and was it Roger Craig Smith? Sure. But oh. yeah, they they asked him like say something uh, a Sonic line in Ezio's voice, and he did. So tails, uh, we should nice. kiss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so. Yeah, Ezio. He he starts you, when you start playing him. He's this. He's he's just a kid, basically yeah. a young nobleman who's uh, very unsure of himself. Kind of charmingly awkward and uh, has to grow up very fast because uh, mild spoilers. If you haven't played the Ezio series, his almost <laughs> entire family gets uh, hanged, publicly executed, and he has to step into his father's shoes as an assassin to avenge their deaths. And discovers this whole secret world, and we discover it along with him, and it's really cool. And you get to stab a lot of dudes with a hidden blade. And uh, it doesn't end there. Like, by the time Assassin's Creed 2 concludes, it sort of takes this fable-esque route where you begin as a kid, but you end it as, uh, as, you know, a mature assassin with a beard and a deeper voice. And uh, then... Brotherhood picks up pretty much where two leaves off, and one of the first things you do, again, is go to see a doctor. Salute. I require medicine. Ah, let me look. Someone your age cannot recover from a wound like this with medicine. Here is something to dull the pain. You will heal over time. Grazie. Four out of five doctors would suggest leeches, but they have not proven effective against such things. Walks away going, grumbling, somebody my age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, and I think somebody once put it, like, you get to see Ezio, like, transform into Errol Flynn and then sort of George Clooney. By the time Revelations comes around, he's, he's become like a silver fox traveling to Turkey. And uh, still, still a huge hit with women uh, young enough to be his daughter. Who are you, Miss Eddie? Only the most interesting man in your life. Also the world. <laughs> Stay thirsty, my friend. <laughs> Bloodthirsty. Stay thirsty, Amici. Uh, it's an assassin's joke. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. I cannot believe I have the worst Italian accent. <laughs> oh, well, you, no. you've, you've honed it making fun of people from New Jersey, so... Uh... That's true. <laughs> yeah, you've got other oh. advancements. 
Always a pre- nah, I have know. a Nazi joke for you. Uh, is it the Pope a Catholic? Doesn't matter because I fucking killed him, huh? Ah, uh, Ezio didn't <laughs> kill the Pope. <laughs> oh, this guy the Guillaume's over here. Cesare Borgia killing the Pope. Everybody knows it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, man. man. He I brings a great him. shame on the Eggman. I'm wrong character again <laughs> Sonic. I'm just doing Guido Sarducci. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, no, that's more of like... Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Uh, I'm doing the state Pope huh. sketch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a DePope. I'm a Just a slow effort impression. <laughs> it's really good. I love that sketch. Uh, but Ezio is not the only character who you get to see age up. In Revelations, you get to witness memories within memories because he discovers these precursor artifacts that were left behind by Altair, the first game's hero. Mm-hmm. And he uses them to experience Altair's memories. Right. And you get to see Altair at the end of the first game, what was the immediate aftermath. And then it goes through Altair ages. He grows a beard. Yeah. He, he gets old. And finally, he returns as an old man to reclaim control of the assassins from uh, this usurper named Abbas. You have wasted your life staring into that apple, dreaming of your own glory. That is true, Abbas. I learned many things from the apple, of life and death, of the past and the future. Let me show you. First man in the Middle Ages to shoot a motherfucker. (laughs) <laughs> but th- does he turn it sideways and bust a gap in his ass? He actually fires it out of his wrist, so even oh, like Spider-Man, even cooler. Yeah, less, yeah, 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 less. Yeah. See, I'm, well, I, I didn't play Revelations. Okay. So uh, is Ez- Ezio is the star yes. of that yes. game? Because mm-hmm. I remember looking at you playing at your desk mm-hmm. one time, Michael, and I just see Desmond running up a fucking. Uh, running up a, a roof, and you're like, uh, "Spoiler! You shouldn't have seen that." No, no, you're so thinking of Uncharted know. Three, actually. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what? Yeah, with with young Nathan no. Drake. That was the only time I said, "Like, oh, that's a spoiler. You shouldn't see that." Oh. Um, well, because no, I no. I thought the um, Desmond scenes in Revelations weren't those first person. Yes, they were. They were like Portal kind of. They're yeah, these puzzle levels. They were like the training levels, but it was. Uh, you were, very you were creating like, platforms. Yeah, it was like on. Tron-like or Portal-like, like Michael mm-hmm. says. Where yeah, was, they couldn't get the actor, so they had to find a workaround. Yeah. <laughs> well, how, how old is Ezio in that game? In I'm not sure of his exact age. He seems to be somewhere in his uh, 50s. Yeah. he's He's got 50s. gray hair, gray beard. Um, he's us. But he's not like he's not hunched over yet. No, no, no. no, no. He's still, still pretty capable for, for a dude his age, uh, and he gets... The, the hook blade in that one, which is like this retracting curved blade that he can use to latch onto things and launch himself yeah. upward. He's got a lot more toys, and mm-hmm. much like Johnny Cage, he has people who can do that. Because uh, he can also yes. just summon in other assassins to, like, rain yeah. down arrows on people to assassinate yeah. them you for You can do that him. in Brotherhood, You too. can do that's, that in Brotherhood. That's where the name Brotherhood came from. I kind of miss that ability of just, like, I'm just going to call in a bunch of randos that I recruited and... Yeah, yeah, like a squad. Mm-hmm. That's cool because it feels like he's actually earned a spot yeah, leading this he's group. The head he's like, "I'm an old man. I can just tell yeah. kids what to do now." Yeah. That's what that's what happens. Yeah. And and unlike uh, the other heroes on this list, uh, Ubisoft actually created a digital short um, that called Embers. That is holy shit! I saw that in Italy. Really? I in Italy? 
Wow. Yeah. Nice. It was the only place you could preview the game. It was only available there for some reason. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the uh, Embers is the literally the last days of Ezio Auditore, where he meets a young Chinese assassin named Xiao, Xiao Jun or Xiao Yun, uh, who comes uh, seeking his help. I do not want any part of this. I want to understand. Understand what? How to lead, to rebuild my order. No, for me that is over. Benito, now I think you should go. No, stay the night so I can relent tomorrow and teach you all my tricks. <laughs> um, but yes, the uh, again, spoilers. I, I really recommend watching it. I, I imagine most people have if you're a fan of the Ezio trilogy. But this, it is the end of it, and it does end with Ezio's death. And the circumstances of that death are up for some debate, and they've been wildly theorized about by fans. So have you guys have you guys seen this? It would have been like ten years. Yeah, ago. I'm sure I watched yeah. it. I don't remember it. So at the, at the end of it, he he goes into town with his wife and daughter, and sits on a bench while they go shopping. And uh, this young guy kind of sits down to him and is like, "Oh, I hate Firenze. This place sucks. The women are shit." Uh, I want to go to Rome. And Ezio just mumbles something about, like, oh, I, I don't think the Firenze is your problem. And uh, the guy just kind of leans forward and says, Prego, and, like, Ezio winces. And the guy just, like, grabs Ezio's hand as he's shaking and, and just, like, smiles and, and nods very peaceably to him and is like gets up and says, ah, get some rest, uh, old man, and walks off. So... It's not entirely clear, but the, the theory is like, well, either Ezio just suddenly suffered a heart attack or this guy was a Templar who came along and mm. murdered him. It's but, even worse because the scene yeah. just cuts to black and you just hear, don't stop uh-huh. believing. Exactly. <laughs> and you'll never know. You'll yeah, never know what happened. the second the guy shows up. There's a guy in a members only jacket in the background, uh-huh. though, and that, that guy's the key. Yeah. I, I actually never knew it was contentious. I thought for sure he'd been assassinated. Yeah, well, it, the thing is, it's it's not... They, they leave some ambiguity there. It's not entirely clear. Like, you don't see the guy stick a blade in or stab him with a needle or whatever it is he does. Right, but, right. but you know, seeing it again uh, while preparing for this, I realized, like, yeah, it's it's heavily suggested. Like, there is no reason for this guy to be there if he's not going to kill him. Uh, he's still a fit dude, yeah, you know? Yeah. It's not like he's got heart problems already mm-hmm. yeah so and like if you, you notice like he, he does the wincing and the struggling and then he's like kind of clutching his chest but uh yeah he uh I, th- I think he got stabbed and he's it's that is for the pump. and it's just sort of like he can die with at, at peace because he knows that you know okay the templars aren't going to try and kill my family too They're, this is just about me and it's in retaliation for me helping xiao yun all right, so spoiling a, an old <laughs> digital short. There. An old digital short. <laughs> an old digital <laughs> short. I just watched. looked up. Is like it, that should probably be on Ubisoft's account. Just just mention that to somebody there. Hmm. Oh no, that's on the UK one with 17 million views. Hmm. Oh wait, no, that's Lineage. Never mind. Lineage is the live action prequel. That's so, the one I yes, saw. Yes, that that was on DVD. Actually, it was sold at finer game stops everywhere. Anyway, that's been our top five. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. We're gonna take a little break. Because we're, we're old. Because we're old. We Body need, break. Yeah, we so. need uh, you know our daughtering time. And uh, <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff. So stay tuned. Johnny Cage, not afraid to die.
get scratching. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 302010. Here's a clip from 1999. Clint Eastwood. You're not really sure, are you? True crime. A hard-boiled man living in a world he barely recognizes. <laughs> That's, uh, I just imagine him like typing out his news articles with like two index fingers, <laughs> hunting and pecking on a yeah. typewriter, looking at his, his weird, his Clint Eastwood's weirdo six-pack that like has kind of drooped like Sylvester Stallone's mouth because he always takes his shirt off and everything. Anyway, uh, he does take his shirt off a lot. He does take his shirt off a lot. Uh, I mean, yeah, looks good for his age. About that, yeah. Why not? Um, yeah, he's in his freaking eighties. Yeah. But he has yeah. no butt, and he never has. <laughs> I, liked, I, I said that like it was a mystery. <laughs> Where did the butt go? Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on LaserTimePodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to our final segment where we will waste no time whatsoever in drawing out a pointless and repeated in-joke that only serves to delay and infuriate the audience as we grind slowly toward that beginning segment that is known as... Now they're old releases. It's... (laughs) It's such a great release when it finally happens, just like when you finally kill a boss in Sekiro. Shadows die twice. I'm not sure that I've killed a boss yet. Yeah? (laughs) What? Not even one? Yeah, you have to have beaten the first boss, the gating boss, to be able to really talk about it. Mm. I haven't played yet. So I am here to play really? the part of the man asking all the questions. Okay. I am a an admitted Soulsborne fan, mm. but as I was telling you off the air, I always wait until a few weeks in when people start to figure out all the secrets so that I can kind of cheat and when I get stuck. So you're not a true fan is what you're saying. <laughs> well, I'm yeah, see, I hate that fan. shit. You hate what? Waiting? I, I hate, I, like, I love discovering things on my own, and this is mm. the first time one of the From games, like, really immediately presented me with horrible frustration yeah yeah i've heard that and maybe maybe that's a similar story to everybody else but i thank god my my friend's kid was in the room and, and he's you like, didn't Why want to you embarrass just... yourself so you got better no no i was embarrassing myself and that's that's what it really infuriated me because like uh what am i doing wrong here i don't know let me go practice with what's his name is it hanabe the guy who can't die the living practice dummy yep yeah, and, and like, well, this isn't an option. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, nothing I've learned is has prepared me for this. Why isn't this working? And my <laughs> friend's son just like, why don't you just, why don't you just run past him? Mm. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, like, I forgot I could do that, and I did. And like, the game became awesome again. Well, it's sort sort of like, but like at that point, but in in between that time, it was like losing all your progress, being told that like you're getting everybody sick with dragon rot, all mm-hmm. uh, oh, everyone. And uh, I got, yeah, I got crazy frustrated to the point where, like, I looked up Microsoft's return policy. Oh, oh no. wow. A true low point. Yeah, but but after that, like, um, man, I don't know how to describe the game. Like, I eventually found this other area that's branchable from the first area that's, like, way easier and more intriguing and, like, instantly understandable from a pers- from the perspective of someone who's played the other Souls games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I've heard about this um, is that, you know, the thing with Souls games is you can get good, G-U-D, 
or usually you can sort of cheese those games by grinding until you're a little bit yeah, overpowered one, for bosses. It doesn't let you grind. It doesn't let you. And do I, that. I think yeah. EGM, like I, I was reading their review today, and like yeah, they really put a fine point on it that uh, this game it gives you a very basic set of skills, and that's what you have yep. through the whole game. You can. You can block, you can parry, you can strike just one type of strike with your sword, and you can you can unlock super moves as you go through the game. Yeah, that, bullshit. I've just unlocked something that's a complete hmm. game changer. It's something I had no idea existed, so I'm like running at this guy I see 20 minutes into the game. Uh, yeah, you definitely unlock more skills. Well, so, I mean, the the you unlock items, for example, or tools, prosthetics. Mm-hmm. That will help you beat yeah. bosses and whatnot, and can be total game changes. But you encounter them when you should be encountering them. It's less about beating bosses as it is like. So there's that ogre at the beginning, uh, yes. near the beginning, who becomes the the red eyed ogre, who becomes much easier to beat if you have the flamethrower yeah. uh, attachment for your arm. But it's not. Uh, it doesn't like do extra damage to him. It just stuns him for a few seconds and lets you get in a few extra licks. But it is, it is a very skill-based game, and, and yeah, you can un- unlock skills like the Mikiri counter, which is really fucking hard to do, which is like <laughs> yes. the, like a, a red thing will flash on screen when a guy's about to stab you with the spear, and if you time it right, you can stomp on the spear and hit him. Oh, good. I can't see the color red. I'm sure I'll really love my time in you this can't There's also this. an enormous Japanese symbol. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to miss. I mean, I can see a color. I just don't mm-hmm. differentiate the, that it's red. The timing is challenging, at least for me, because sometimes I feel like if you hit it right when the symbol appears, you'll get it, and sometimes yeah. it's like, no, it's actually slightly after. It's yeah. true of all of the deflects in the game, actually. Like, mm-hmm. you really kind of have to queue up the deflects earlier mm-hmm. than you would think you would have to. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I've gotten through bosses in this game just by, like, dashing around them. Like, you know sidestepping but like if you hold down the button you go into a dash and uh like there's there's this one boss that i just like went in circles around the whole through the whole fight to avoid its attacks and hit it in the back and Mm, uh, was it it the bull it was the bull yeah yeah and uh apparently i just uncovered a high level uh tactic on my own that um so it does the the dark souls thing you know like in dark souls where you'll find like Oh, the preserved soul of a warrior or whatever. And then you, if you use it, you get like a bunch of souls added to your inventory. Yes. This time it's bags of uh, coins, coin purses. It, it's coins that you can preserve. You won't lose half of them on death. Uh, but you, you just use them like the small ones are like a hundred coins. The bigger ones are 500 coins. You can mm-hmm. just use them when you want to buy something. And when I have, uh, coins left over after buying some big ticket item, I, just invest, reinvest them into coin purses and freeze them. Oh, you can. So you can oh, do that. Wow, you can invest. Your, so, I mean, the Souls games always had those where you wouldn't lose those on death. And, and the thing is, if you consume them, then you risk exactly, losing Exactly, yes. Right. And they did, there never really was a benefit for consuming them other than when you were right there at a shopkeeper and, and ready to spend yeah, your souls. Or, but this thing lets you reinvest those back into those safe coin things. What's mm-hmm, what's the yeah. cost for doing that? It's it's like, uh, I think it's the ones that 10%. are like... Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, 10%. Like the, the small coin purses cost 110 coins and they give 100 coins. But uh, okay. Where the fuck do you buy those? From merchants? Uh, there's the, the memorial <laughs> mob. There's the guy at where the... Where the merchants? The gate of the place where, where you meet that first ogre. Who says, yeah. like, oh, I remember you. He says, nerds! 
<laughs> they do have a limited stock, though, so they'll like yeah. run out of coin purses or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it is it is a really challenging game. I find that um, there's a lot of bosses that I keep trying to kill over and over again and failing, and just like I'll I'll come back for this later. It's In a, a Souls game. No, it's a big open world. You don't have to do everything all at once, and I I do kind of like that. It's very open to discovery like okay you can make some progress in this area and then you get hung up on something and if you go back the way you came and take a different route you can find a whole other area that's maybe a little bit easier yeah i mean souls games have some of the games have been like that as well Mm -hmm. you know where if you're not ready for an area you might just backtrack and find a side area or something and you can also fast travel through the idols that act as the campfires in this game or bonfires i've heard now this game has streamlined a few things, whereas the Souls games are really cryptic, and it's like you have to decipher what a thing does, maybe through some hint text, but really it's go to the wiki and look it up. Whereas mm-hmm. this game does have like tooltips and some things that are a bit more on the nose, but it's still it's still a from game. But yeah, I mean there is a tutorial <laughs> to begin with okay. uh, that tells you how to do combat and uh, how to sneak effectively, how to backstab people. Yeah, the fact that you're not like upgrading individual. Like skill points, mm-hmm. basically just really simplifies the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. You're not you're not leveling up. Your experience is used to like, I want to unlock this skill that's like three skill points. But there's a or skill whatever. tree, right? This game has a yeah, has, it has yeah, a couple skill, skill trees. trees. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, but yeah, easily the most important asset is your uh, your prosthetic arm, which acts like a bionic commando arm, and that it can just. Uh, flip out and grapple things and uh for getting away from enemies really quickly it's essential because like okay this this guy's about to mop the floor with me there's a tree up there i'm just gonna jump up yeah, there once, once i started recognizing that as a tool in my arsenal it mm-hmm. was difficult to wrap my head around yeah but like yeah dude run the fuck away if you're getting mur- if yeah. you're getting slaughtered yeah well yeah. and the game has like a robust stealth system unlike any of the other Swordsborne mm-hmm. games yes. right. so you can actually use that to your advantage where you bounce and then come back and stab someone in the back yeah tell me about that a little bit is i've heard it it also has some tenchu dna in here so how much yes that's what mm-hmm. i was because yeah. like when someone said wait these i didn't know i forgot or never knew that from was involved with tenchu the first one oh, yeah. the only good mm-hmm. one and <laughs> And you do play it like a Tenchu game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's weird. In the marketing at some point, they started – a few months ago, they started to go away from the Souls-like stuff. And they said, oh, no, this is more like Tenchu. And then I think people must have had a tepid reaction because they immediately went back to leaning into the Souls stuff, like leading up to launch. And so Mm -hmm. it was almost like – They know which side their bread is buttered on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a – it's it's one of those fascinating brands I've always wanted to dig more into because the first one was so – batshit insane and like no one saw this coming this is so weird this is the future of video games and then the sequel like just totally shit the bed and continued to do so throughout the the franchise first one pioneered stealth action before metal gear Mm -hmm. before metal gear solid um but yeah it does have some similarities there like for example there's no fall damage um and i i do like that the using the prosthetic arm as a grappling hook is very intuitive and that like just these green dots will show up if you're close enough to grapple something. So you always kind of know, like, okay, there's something in the corner of my vision. Mm-hmm. I can jump out of here and swing to safety. Or, uh, you know, I can... And, and the, yeah, the stealth is really good, too. There's, like, tall grass that you can creep through by crouching and 
Is there anything to indicate when you are hidden versus when you're visible to the enemies? Yes. Uh, you will see awareness markers over your enemies' heads. Oh, yeah. yeah that is yeah. so not Souls-like then. That, that's cool. They've, yeah. they've given you some UI there. Mm-hmm. Man, prosthetic arms are so hot right now. Second second game in three weeks with prosthetics. I, I personally am, am a less stealth, and I love the blunt force, like, just run at everything in a Souls game and roll away if you're having trouble. And mm-hmm. this is not that game. Oh yeah, rolling away is not a good idea. If, if you if you're facing more than two enemies, like you can be overwhelmed very very quickly. It's a bad idea. Like, yeah. I hear time to kill in this game is actually. I mean, it's it's really quick in a Souls game, but it's even quicker here mm-hmm. to the point of. I think it was on Giant Bomb. They were saying it's there's almost some like Bushido blade, like like one or two hits and you're gone, you're out. Yeah. Well, that's that's sort of the point, uh, which I did again. I didn't read any preview of the fucking game, so like I didn't know. The point is to land death blows, but mm-hmm. you don't really see your own death blow meter. But that's the same thing as an effect for you. Yeah, you still suffer posture. You just don't trigger an mm-hmm. instant kill from your enemies. Yeah, and that, that's a really weird thing that I'd like to talk about for a second is that. The, the primary goal is not to just whittle down your enemy's life bar until they die, although you can do it's that. It's almost irrelevant, or it's, it's difficult to do. Yeah, it's really just raining down blows that your enemy will block until they, uh, they get knocked off balance, and then a red dot will appear and tell you, like, okay, now I can slide my sword in and kill them, or, like, take off one of their two death blow slots. Um, yeah. Whatever, but, uh, one thing, another thing I, f- fundamentally misunderstood something about the game when setting up last week's top five. So the the way that it had been told to me was like, oh yeah, your actions will make the world worse. Like the more you die, like the more the world decays. Like well, that's not the case. Um, you So you have uh, one rebirth per life, basically. Um, when you when you die, you, could, you have the option to like play possum for a few seconds, let your enemies walk away, and then you hit the rebirth button, you spring back to life, and uh, with rank-and-file enemies, if their backs are to you, like, you can just sneak up and kill them right there, or uh, you can use it to run away from a boss. Uh, if you die-die, um, which is, uh, you don't get back to a uh, save idle before your rebirth runs out, um, and which, you know, Saving will, you know, you can rest at the bonfire slash idle and it'll reset all the enemies, but you'll get your, your resurrection back. Yep. And, uh, so, uh, if you die, die, then it raises the chances of something called dragon rot affecting civilians, NPCs that you talk to. And if they're afflicted by dragon rot, then you can't do any of their quests. So you have wow. to then find the cure for dragon rot, which is not that difficult. And yeah. uh, but it, it just adds this little oh, okay. dimension. See, that's the yeah. thing. I'm. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, d- still yeah. don't know. That. Don't restart your game if characters get dragon rot. It it will ha- happen inevitably. It's okay. literally an item you can just buy from the shop. Exactly. And, and can this happen multiple times, or you can just keep keep getting it and yes. keep stealing it? Okay. Yeah. It, I mean, it's very rare. Like I have had it once Same. in my entire playthrough so far, and I'm probably roughly where. Michael is. Oh, that's mm. a shame, though, that last week's show was a flawed premise. We're going to have to delete it. it exactly. Nothing, no, 308 never <laughs> you existed. Made a huge mistake. This is 308 now. <laughs> is the Michael Jackson of Vigigame Apocalypse episode. <laughs> <laughs> or the never Kevin happened. Spacey. Mm-hmm. Who? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm liking this game quite a bit. Um, I'm going to be spending more time with it. It's been difficult to play anything else, although I have. Yeah. Well, what ha- what have you played, Michael? Um, I've played Blaster Master Zero Two, yeah. which is really good. The surprise release from last Wednesday, I mm-hmm. think it was. Yeah, I don't know if any of you have played uh, this or the 
previous Blaster Master Zero. Which, previous one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the original one was, you know, it was a remake of the NES version, and it updated quite a few things, but it was still very much a remake of a classic game. This updates a lot of things. It, it kind of takes on a more modular thing where your tank is now interstellar, and you will travel between planets, and uh, take, you know, each of the planets is like a discrete level that you make your way through, and so it's like lots of little Metroidvania levels. Uh, you will be able to explore optional planets around there that are like these little uh, gameplay challenges. Like there's one where it's just it's just about hopping out of your tank and jumping between ladders. And if you fuck up, then you'll fall and die. Um, What's the reward for, for engaging with the optional stuff? You get stuff like uh, life boosts or maps that reveal additional uh, cool things that you can find. Oh, cool. um, yeah. And so, like like the first game, it's about splitting your time between driving a sentient tank and jumping out and wandering around as a cool-looking adventure in an anime uh, spacesuit with a cape. You have a cape now. Did we ever figure out who Evie was? Uh, Evie is... Well, Eve is the Eve. android okay. who uh, is, is bonded with Sophia, the tank. Sophia is the uh -huh, tank. Okay. Yes. And uh, you actually find out that there are other people who are assigned to similar tanks and androids around the galaxy, and you'll meet some of them. And some of them are... One of them, at least, is a very stereotypical Japanese farmer who talks like this, and, uh, yeah, thanks for coming by and helping me, and uh, I'm sorry you ruined all my crops, but... Uh, That's how farmers in Japan talk? It <laughs> sounds just like here. When they're, when they're translated into English. All farmers talk that way. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Everywhere. It's universal. Yeah, prove us wrong. It's a universal thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a little known fact. Mm -hmm. Boy, well, wipe my ass. It's going to be a crazy <laughs> rice season this year. Also, it's it's interesting <laughs> the way that they manage the tank's power in that, like, you can get hover engines pretty early on, so you can sort of fly in the tank, and uh, it is powered by... Uh, falling from great heights with a huge impact. So uh, you are encouraged to jump off of high ledges in the tank and slam down, and that will refill some of your energy. When your energy runs out, uh, you will be weak and pitiful until it refills. That's bullshit. I was a teenager once. I know that, like, a six-inch jump will ruin mm -hmm. your car's suspension. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I uh yeah I lost my first transmission that way. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought Ooh, I thought Dukes of Hazard was just a thing every car. Did. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. It was glorious no. at the top though. <laughs> R.I.P. '89 Ford Bronco two. Oh yeah, car. yeah. But yeah, this this feels more like it's a Blaster Master with more modern gameplay. So it's it's a lot more digestible if you're more used to modern games. Dude, these uh, games are good. Yeah. And this this is really good. Uh, I really enjoy what I've played so far. Uh, so I recommend it. Um, it's on the Switch, right? Yes. Yeah, I believe it's a Switch exclusive. And it's like 10 bucks. So oh, really? 10 bucks or 15 I'm not sure. Um, I also kind of recommend One Piece World Seeker, which I forgot to talk about yeah. last week. Uh, and is a fun open world game set in One Piece where... You, uh, what's the name of the main character? The, the rubber guy, Luffy. You're, Luffy. You're, Luffy. You're playing as him and you are swinging around by grabbing things with your rubbery arms. It feels kind of like a Spider-Man game that looks sort of like Breath of the Wild, but slightly nicer. Um, so yeah, that's a fun one. 
Um, How many One Piece games are there? Uh, infinity. Too many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> many pieces. How many Dragon Ball games are there? Uh, same. Yeah. But yeah, this no, this this feels really good. And uh, oddly enough, like I, I read two reviews of it, and the one that got me interested is the Kotaku review, where the guy was like, "Yeah, I don't like this series at all. Luffy creeps me out. Um, I don't like his wide-eyed stare. But this is a really fun game." Yeah. Uh, and and then uh, I think IGN's review was like. Uh, talking a lot about like the story and how it's by Ichiro Honda, but it doesn't really fit in anywhere in the series. And so it doesn't really feel that good and like gave it a pretty low score, but seemed to focus mainly on the experience as a fan of the series. So mm. it's like, yeah, I, I kind of side more with the person who's like, I don't like this series, but this is a really cool game. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You and I were kind of chatting uh, offline about, I was like, yeah, one piece to me is like, Hey, what if we took pirates and made them not cool? And then there was a thread on the official Laser Time Facebook community, and everyone's like, "What's your favorite pirate?" Like every other comment was one piece. Yeah, so I was we're like, gonna okay. get we're gonna get letters. You shouldn't have said that. <laughs> also, uh, again, George and I are Ubisoft employees, and our employers released two games this week: Space Junkies, a VR uh, multiplayer shoot 'em up, and or. What no. shooter? Yeah, but it's it, like an arena shooter. Arena shooter. Yeah, it's it's like arena Quake shooter. Three with uh, zero gravity. Yes, and it's a lot of fun. I think it's especially fun on PC because you get full one to one motion controls on the Vive or Oculus Touch. There was my complaint, mm. <laughs> <laughs> having played it. Well, it's um, it's it's really cool because like yeah, you're flying around. You can uh, grab guns out of out of thin air. You yeah. can dual wield. You can aim freely. And uh, I, I feel like this is delivering on the promise of VR, like just this this feeling of like you can go anywhere and yeah. and shoot at stuff. And it, it's I will say this: so you you gave me a code. Mm -hmm. I've only played on PSVR so far. Yes, and it doesn't have the the wands and the motion controls. It but it does use six axis controls. Yes, and I don't know if this is praise or not, but this is the best use of six axis in any game because the mm. aiming actually works with six axis yeah. like well, surprisingly well it kind of feels like uh remember if you've played breath of the wild the feeling of like trying to aim an arrow and you can get it just perfect if you tilt the controller slightly yeah. in the right direction yeah, yeah. it's it's sort of like that it, it takes some it takes some getting used to and again my only complaint about it is like the se I didn't know what it was. You just hand me a code and like, I love VR games. This is great. This is so much fun. <laughs> and then it like, and then you're done with the tutorial. I'm like, oh, it's it's multiplayer. And I get spit into a lobby, and it's like everyone's PC is like, ah, we got another PSVR player, <laughs> yeah. and they slaughter me. Oh, yeah, because it's crossplay. Because the PSVR yeah. has had to make some concessions with the controls so that so that you don't get sick. Like when when I was playing, I was like talking to Michael, and on the right stick. What you're used to using to look around is actually just mapped to kind of a pivot that that yeah you use your head that's to the look same around. Thing with Resident How about Evil that? Seven, though. <laughs> well, no, you you use the right stick to like change the way you're facing like mm -hmm. an, like an eighth of a circle every yeah, time, yeah, yeah. and then you use the six axis to aim. So you can, as long as something's directly in front of you, you can just use the six axis and, and aim like you would with a mouse or something, right? But if you're someone's behind you, you have to click over a few times with mm -hmm. the right stick, and so it's just. Because it's it's just different enough from how we're used to using right sticks, it takes a lot of getting used to. And I think, oh no, yes, it, like that. That's the thing about the like I didn't even know what I was in for with the tutorial. I thought like, oh, cool, a rail rail shooter arcade game. I love Virtua Cop. 
This will be fun. <laughs> yeah. And, and then yeah. like, because you didn't even tell me when you gave me the code, and um, and, and then and then it's like, oh my god, it's a multiplayer game, and it took some getting used to, and then I started get, racking up some kills, mm-hmm. and it was very satisfying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but everything I've read is 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 that like um the PC users have an advantage. Well, a little yeah. bit. Well, I will say I did play my first game on PC, and I was annoyed because. Bear in mind, this is on launch day. I go into the lobby, and the guys are like, oh, we got like two more level ones coming in. I'm like, motherfucker, I will destroy you. And I won my first, (laughs) I came in first, my first game. So like, so then you were able to say that to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I also like, there's, there's a little trick that maybe it doesn't tell you in the tutorial, uh, on, on PC. Well, on, on PS4, you do this by like hitting, R1, there are L1. tons of things they don't tell you in the tutorial, such yeah. as the reload mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, little challenging. But um, on, on PC, you can uh, reach behind your shoulder and grab, and you will draw out a laser sword. Oh, and if you shit. do it over your left shoulder, you will take out a shield, so you can have a sword sold. and shield. I'm sold. Yeah, and I, yeah. I did that in the lobby. I'm like, oh, shit, where do you get that sword? I'm like, that's yeah. Way, that's way cooler, because on PSVR, it's the L1 and the R1. Mm-hmm. So look forward for a For Honor VR coming <laughs> in next year. Fuck yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but that is the promise of the future. That like Again, like if you've been listening to me talk about video games for 10 years... And if you have, I apologize. <laughs> a lot of things I said that I regret, but but like that, the mouse and keyboard can't be the end all be all of first person control schemes. And the idea, like I can turn my head intuitively faster than I can, just just easier than I could aim a mouse, or, or especially an analog stick. Mm. So that shit was mm. crazy. But then, they, like getting used to it, to the the anti gravity element was just like just a whole other thing entirely. Yeah, but turning your head has nothing to do with how you aim, and I think that's the disconnect. Yeah. Is turning your yeah. head is just where you're looking, mm-hmm. and you can you you. I did that a few times where I just I let my wrists relax, and so my six axis was pointing down, and so I went to start shooting, and I was like shooting at my feet, and I'm like, oh shit, I got you know. Yeah, I, I think on on PC it is a little bit more intuitive in that like. You're you're holding one of the motion wands, and it's just like, oh yeah, I'm I'm holding my gun. I uh, I can move it like a gun. I can turn it sideways and shoot it old gangster style. Hell yeah! Yeah. I think what this game could use because it is multiplayer only, and so you're you're pitting people from PC on PS4. It's exactly what Chris said though. If it just had like a single player, almost like a shooting gallery hmm. mode, I. Th- I mean that's I the tutorial. That. Yeah, it, okay. it, it does have one, but it's yeah, it's, it's just tutorial it's just a few range. few short levels basically. Okay. Okay, but it's it's still interesting, and in, in the idea that like man, the PC users get like emotes and can do things with their individual hands, mm-hmm. where all you can do as a PSVR user is do DX's suck it motion over and over again. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's all you that's need, all you man. Need, yeah. That's the yeah. only emote you uh-huh. need. It's better than teabagging. <laughs> yeah, and if you can't deal with that, I got two words for you. <laughs> suck it. Uh, yeah. Also, at this week, Assassin's Creed Three Remastered, mm-hmm. which uh, if you if you have the season pass for Assassin's Creed Odyssey, you already own this. Oh, so, I didn't. So I already have this. I didn't know I had. Yeah, this. you you That's have amazing. it. Amazing. It's uh, it remasters not only it's it's Assassin's Creed Three, all of its DLC, including the Tyranny of King Washington, oh, shit. and uh, Assassin's Creed Liberation remastered. Oh, oh wow. that's great! Yeah, it's all in one package. Uh, 4K resolution, HDR lighting. Okay. Uh, it has some really cool gameplay. Uh, enhancements and and tweaks that i think improve the experience um i'm only aware of some of them because they they haven't really announced what they are but i can say like 
uh, I noticed uh, more generous checkpoint placement in certain missions. Like, there's one mission early on that's like a sneaking mission. It's like, go and uh, free these three guys, and if you get spotted, it's you, you have to restart. And in the original Assassin's Creed 3, you got spotted and you had to restart, like, this whole section uh. and creep around again and uh, find save these guys. But this time around, there's a checkpoint after everyone you save, so oh, nice. you don't have to redo what you've if, already if done. If you could on escort missions or the, the tailing missions, if you could just do that every 10 feet, that would make me happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's... Yeah. Fair, fair point. Mm. Man, my fucking video game troll brain. I was just like, wait, why, why remaster this game? What about... Liberation and Black Flag, and then, oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Black Flag was this gen. Was this Black gen. Flag was this yeah. gen. The SEO trilogy has already been remastered. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rogue has been goddamn. remastered. This is the this is the remaster that has made me feel the oldest because really? it feels like this AC3 came out yesterday. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. it does. Yeah. Does this game change anything with? the pacing or the story or anything like that no. it, it's it's all just like it's, kind of quality it's, of life yeah it's all yeah kind of small behind the scenes improvements that you you might not notice immediately but uh that do uh help improve the experience okay. but um it's it's interesting because i think like the the community for this game is incredibly passionate and we posted a video of it that uh I was just watching that. Yeah, me that and Bauman just kind of yeah. Me and Andy Bauman made this video, uh, kind of celebrating the original and and the remake and saying like, okay, here's here's what it does, here's what it did that changed the series, and YouTube comments almost uniformly positive for this. What? You, <laughs> what? you read the comments? Yes, I know. never read the uh, comments. You have a hundred thousand views on that thing. That's impossible. The, the only one, the only negative ones that I saw were like saying like, well, 4K doesn't look that impressive, like. <laughs> but they, they Why don't you love try full sizing your YouTube screen. We're <laughs> complaining about Rainbow Six. Yeah. But oh, uh, yeah, and uh, the, yeah, there were some other things I noticed. I'm like, oh yeah, this is really cool. And it also has uh, like a bunch of little behind the scenes things. Um, so yeah, a b- bunch of new stuff, a um, bunch cool. of really cool stuff. If you like Assassin's Creed 3, this is a really good uh, way to play it. And it's available for PC as well, so yeah, PC players will get those uh, those improvements. It's like, I, fucking, mm-hmm. it's like a $20, I paid like $20 for that game. I, yeah. I just have to give some kudos to Ubisoft, because I think it's fair to say 3 was a divisive title in the series for some people and so the fact that they're like you know what they had the guts to say fuck it we'll put it out as remaster like people have been asking for it for a yeah. while yeah i think a lot of that that sentiment was before it came out and then everyone pretty much liked it mm. it's one of the biggest selling assassin's creed games there for a while oh i like it a lot yeah. it's the last assassin's creed game i actually played to completion oh, okay mm. cool i mean it was it was like right after uh assassin's creed street fighter moment turbo Super turbo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Three! Yeah, suck mm-hmm. if you didn't do it. It took a couple years. We did it, though. Yeah. That's true. Brotherhood, super brotherhood. Because of our, <laughs> because of our number one, we had Etsy. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Super brotherhood just got deleted off Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Look, when you have a character as good as Etsy, yeah. you stay on He, he deserves three games. Yeah. Actually, four games if you count Discovery. Yeah. Man. Ah, all right. Yeah, that's the end of uh, new releases, so let's... Transition to everyone's other favorite segment. News. 
The new Borderlands game that we all knew was coming was teased with, I'll call it like an artsy trailer. It's like this mural, not a mural, well, it was a diorama of like these white Borderlands looking characters that the trailer just kind of panned around and, and it pulled back and it was it was the mask from Borderlands. Uh, and but basically, this is just a tease that was announcing more details would be revealed about what this title is. We're, we're assuming it's Borderlands 3, but we could be wrong. And those details will actually be revealed Thursday at PAX East. So the, by the time you're hearing this, you will know more than us. And I hate when that happens. Uh, but here's something you might not know. In that trailer, there's a series of hidden codes that when you track all the numbers down it comes it comes out to a 25 digit code which for fans of borderlands we all know that is a shift code they put a shift code in their trailer that hopefully you'll be able to use when the game comes out what does that mean it's already been redeemed <laughs> the shift codes are are those are those are the codes <laughs> in the game you would uh you would put in and you'd get the special treasure chests for loot oh okay yeah yeah so hidden code there keep an eye open for that or just check your local website because i'm sure everyone will have it i'm just sad there won't be that guy saying this is where cars live get you one <laughs> Go for a ride. What was his name? He died. Yeah, Scooter. Scooter. Oh. Yeah. yeah, in the Telltale game. Mm-hmm. Telltale also died. Oh. Um, here's something that's not going to die anytime soon because it's selling like crazy. Uh, man, I feel like this is the third time we've reported on this rumor. There are reportedly two new versions of the Nintendo Switch in development. I, I just meant to give a shout out to Borderlands because I haven't been to PAX in a while. But back when I did, those motherfuckers own packs. They had lines down the street. Oh, jeez. And, and I think last week, that's why I was so astonished. Like, where the fuck is Borderlands? Yeah. It's been it's been over half a decade. Where are they? Pax East. Uh, and it, even I'm excited to see, like, whatever this is. Hmm. It's Randy Pitchford's biggest trick. He made Borderlands disappear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to make a couple licensed games. Um, but <laughs> in a loot shooter... What'd you, what, oh, the two new Schluter. Switch options. Schluter. Yeah. I yeah, yeah. the word Schluter. <laughs> so, yes, there are... Schluter. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that there are two versions of the Switch in development. Oh, that, just a, that paper's just a rumor mill, man. <laughs> Fake The Wall Street news. Journal says they have an uncle that works at Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Showed That's them true. Nintendo's new white PS4. That was one of their two <laughs> verified sources. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but here, but I think I think something new just got thrown in the rumor mill. Okay, that the uh, cheaper switch is going to be dockless. Yes, so th- there are two versions. The first version we don't know as much about, but the first version is targeted for what the Wall Street Journal called avid video gamers, which those are the people they only play in Avid, the media editing software. Those are the only kind Stop of games it. they play. I wonder if it'll wow. be like a like a 4K revolu- Make resolution. Make Sony Vegas compatibility. Or di- no. <laughs> the only thing that the, the Wall Street Journal did say is um, it will be more powerful, but it still won't be as powerful as the Xbox One X or PlayStation 4 Pro. Mm-hmm. Yes, but a minor improvement of frame rate and resolution is immediately accessible through the switch yeah they're they're i think the rumors they're thinking probably a slightly bigger screen who knows what it'll mean for battery life well if the if one version if one version you can only play dockless this one you have to play docked <laughs> yeah it's the only it's, it's the only logical it's, thing it's just a console it doesn't detach yeah there you go there's no screen because the alternative it, it is... doesn't have a dock it has a wrist attachment that just handcuffs you to the television yeah. <laughs> the the alternative is the one chris mentioned that's supposedly the cheaper version that removes a few features of the standard switch um, such as hd rumble and the removable controllers and that's because it is probably only going to be a handheld 
Yeah, a smaller, more battery-efficient, yeah. portable console. That makes and sense. Exciting too. I, I'm more excited for the the higher end one, but but I we've been we've been talking about this for years that like the second the switch came out, I'm like dude, this hardware can be improved upon like tomorrow. Mm, if this yeah. if if, it, if the system had cost as much as a, a Xbox One, the switch would have made me much more mad. But it was it was cheap mm-hmm. up front. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know about you guys, but I mostly play my Switch games undocked. I play, I play oh, it a lot yeah. when I travel for work and, and on the go. And so for me, like, yeah, I it really I, I rarely do play it docked. So to have an option, and, and my one big complaint against the Switch is the battery life. It's it's awful. It's abysmal. Yeah. Like, yep. It's not great. Yeah, and I, I've never in my life I have a I have a situation now where I have an Xbox in one room and an Xbox in another. And as long as I don't buy any more physical games, mm. <laughs> uh, I can just be in that environment in any room I want. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like that. Yeah. And I would be, I, I swear I would, I wouldn't bite the bullet on these two new options. If Nint- I don't trust Nintendo to make that possible at all mm-hmm. to allow me to sign in with my Nintendo ID right, and download right. my yeah, games yeah, on multiple no. consoles yeah. at all. I do oh, not I trust see. them to do that. It means to double up and have more than one device. Well, they yeah. tie it. Yeah. yeah like, they tie dude, it with we, When device. we did that, I was working at Capcom when, when Monster Hunter came to Wii U, they had to create a separate app that stole your save data from the 3DS and put it on a Wii U. Uh, so you could play that save data on the Wii U. If you forgot and went to work and, Open up your 3ds, like your save data is gone. You left it on your Wii U, you dummy. That's yeah. very inconvenient I mean, for everyone. I also thought they would never have an online service, though. You know, so maybe they're making baby steps in the right direction. I don't. I, I don't trust them. I don't. Yeah. But 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 I don't know what else this decision means because like I think this is Nintendo's 3ds replacement. I don't think there's going to be another portable console. Yeah. So they have to make the Switch mm-hmm. more portable, and that's. My only real slight against the Switch is that it's not portable enough. It's it is a little big. Yeah, so a more portable Switch uh, that already has a built-in software library is kind of appealing. Yeah, fucking it, nuts. Mm-hmm. And then and then you basically get an Xbox One X yeah. for your Switch, and like which I'm already down for. If the battery life is better, because yeah, again, as Matt said, it, not only is it abysmal, but you have to have a USB C uh, charger if you want to like charge it on a plane. Yeah, and you have to buy that separately. Uh huh. Well, that and some of them allegedly will break your switch, so you have to pay a premium for the Nintendo version. Oh, oh wow! These are spoken like true iPhone users. <laughs> like almost all phones are now USB. Well, oddly enough, there's some weird. I loved when I was like researching. Okay, what do I need to buy to actually let this thing charge and charge at a rate fast enough so that my switch isn't running out of battery? Right. And I don't know if this is true or not, but apparently the old iPad AC adapters. Mm-hmm. Handle the what? charging better than the iPhone little tiny plug adapters. Well, yeah, I, I, I think. Oh, yeah, we we stole a bunch of those from work just because they yeah. charge the shit of your stuff. They're, yeah, yeah they're, they're way faster, higher volume. But I'm I'm talking about like the little portable chargers, like the little anchor. Things. Oh, you mean like the, the yeah. portable battery? Yeah. Things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you talking about that or the idea if like my switch is dead and I hit the power button and turn it on? The power of turning it on and plugging it into the dock means it's confused all the time. Hmm. Uh, this is enough power to turn it on. Powering off. All right, enough power. Power on. Power off. Like it, like it won't. Have you not gotten oh, it's that in like your a switch? perpetual yeah, state? You, yeah. you have. You basically are forced. If you ever let your switch actually die, you have to dock it for an extended period of time. Uh, yeah, you cannot awful. touch it, or it'll it'll. You have to like undock it for like half an hour. Now, my my problem is like trying to use the portable chargers. Uh, before I got a USB C one, uh, just using a normal USB one to to the USB C port, like it would. 
I'd be using it on a plane. It's like, oh, low battery. It's like, all right, I'll just plug it in. And it would not charge fast That's, enough to yeah. keep up with the, the rate at which That's it was depleting was the battery. About. You have yeah. to have that special mm-hmm. iPhone conver- or the old iPad converter, and it will be fast enough, but just barely. Like it's- yeah. yeah, because my, my current iPad, it actually does that too, it, it, yeah. it, even when it's, plugged in the, well, when it's plugged in the computer mostly. But, yeah, if it's, yeah. Playing, if it's playing a movie, it's depleting the battery faster than it's charging but so i don't i mean chris you mentioned you would like it to be smaller this cheaper version it that doesn't even matter to me as long as it is saving on battery life and feels a bit more durable because i don't know about you guys but whenever i have my my joy pads kind of docked one of them they don't really feel secure like there's a slight bit of give in there and it's well, like I, I feel like I'm, i got that that zelda collector's edition case uh-huh yeah same and in that case like if it was a board I could probably kill aliens with it. Like, it's, it's so big and long mm, yeah. because it requires that much safety because the Switch is... But even if like you remember the original 3DS, like it was thicker in the back because there was more battery. Like yeah. I wouldn't mind a smaller Switch that was a little thicker Yeah, that had long, uh, like a much larger battery life. Because I don't know what it is. I'm, I don't feel like I'm becoming more of a casual gamer, but the 3DS is fucking dead to me. Well, mm. for the 3DS, I remember I had an external a battery drive that attached to it. Like I did that, a, too. A you had, chunky it, boy. it made it yeah. super thick, though. Oh, dude. It, was, yeah, yeah. it made it way thick. But dummy I, thick. I, I would pay for, like, a chunky <laughs> adapter. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but that's the thing. Like, I would, I would, I would accept a smaller screen and a thicker, uh, a thicker, more durable slate. Even something that, like, let's say I'm skateboarding again and I have Jinko jeans and I want to <laughs> shove it in my side. Ooh, that's, not, that's not say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to go there to yeah. get the Switch I Well, because what we have to remember is right now in the current Switch, there's three batteries you're dealing with. Each Joy-Con has its own battery, and then right. the screen itself has a battery. And I think it's it's the Joy-Cons will charge off the main unit. They when, will. Yeah. And they yeah, will yeah, siphon yeah. your batteries off while you're traveling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just to have a unit that is all solid one piece, that means you could basically have a thicker battery back to it that is one yeah. big, giant, solid battery. Like, that's interesting. The other thing that this is good for Nintendo and why I think the cheaper version is probably – let's say there's only one of the two that will actually happen. I think it's probably the, the cheaper one is the durability issue for kids. You know, because yep. kids – dude, hand a switch to a kid. It's like, okay, good luck. Good luck with all that. First thing they do is break it over their knee like fucking Bane with Batman. <laughs> yeah. And just stare at you the whole time. Dead <laughs> yeah, up. Right, right into yeah. your soul. Yeah, yeah. This is what I think uh, of your expensive and remember, gift. I, and remember – Game rawers like us complained to high heaven when they announced the 2DS, and it's still like being marketed. Yeah, because it's good for kids. It's also a high quality system, from what I hear. But yeah, like yeah, I, I don't feel like it's different enough from my a new 3DS XL for me to buy something else. Yeah, no, no it, I want the sexier version. Hmm. But like, I don't know, making one of the main consoles competitors more portable because like the Switch is very technically portable right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the Switch is portable. Like, remember the PS, like, O-N-E-1? Mm-hmm. Like, that was portable. Right. Yeah. Like, not really. It's not really portable. You need a constant power device. Yeah, it's, and it's if you got that, like, to fit in a bag. flip screen for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not, it, like, the Switch isn't truly portable yet. And not, not like, a, a true iPhone killer. It's like a solid two hours portable, and then you sort of have to rearrange your life or your travel arrangements. <laughs> right. Depending on what game you're playing. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that, that's the other weird thing too. Yeah, if it, if it's like Zelda, the battery's not going to last very long. But I could play like Golf Story on a plane for four or five hours and have mm. no problems with battery. Yep. 
Yeah, so that, that's the rumor with the two new switches. We already talked about, so Shang Tsung is coming to Mortal Kombat 11. I don't know if... Shang Tsung! I can't remember if we, if we mentioned those, so he's, he's guaranteed as the, he's the first DLC character. Yes. Yeah, so he's he's not on the original roster. Uh, the other thing isn't they, that great that that's the first DLC character. You know how exciting Mortal Kombat DLC is for me. <laughs> well, the other thing you might you might be excited by this. Then they confirmed this was at C two E two where where they showed the Shang Tsung teaser trailer. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. confirmed Noob Saibot is also going to be a DLC character. Less excited about that. I was I was really torn because I I pre ordered it uh, last night so that I could play the beta, which maybe I'll talk about next week. Uh, but like. It's sixty bucks, or it's a hundred bucks if you get the the season pass, which has all the DLC cards. Like, I really want that Shang Tsung. I don't really want to pay an additional forty bucks right now. So forty for season I'm, pass. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Well, I guess thirty. So it's no sixty-nine DOA. or fifty-nine. Well, no forty because I don't, I don't know that you can still buy Freddy Krueger with Mortal Kombat. What, what is it? Nine. Yeah, 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 with nine, and then but we you got you we got buy, Jason like, and Tell. They they retained all that DLC. Like they didn't lose Jason. They didn't lose yeah, uh, Leatherface, Alien, Predator. Yeah, yeah, and that that shit is the most exciting thing to me, man. I yeah. love rated R movies. I mean, I'm super my, excited my for that, but I might wait for like a sale. <laughs> yeah, forty bucks is a lot to ask. Mm. Yeah, especially because we we've gone through two two cycles of this now. We know what Mortal Kombat DLC is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And forty dollars is a is a, what do you call that? A new adopter gouge. <laughs> so here's something that we have no idea what it will actually look like because Atlas won't give any details. Uh, remember that Persona Five teaser that came out uh, a few months back that was teasing there's something Persona Five related that was coming. Switch. They did another teaser that confirmed mm. the name of said thing, which is Persona Five: The Royal. We don't know anything else other than that, uh, but. All signs point to this. If it's anything like Persona 3 or 4, Persona 5 The Royal is most likely like a definitive edition of the game that will come. And so there was if, a teaser trailer if, they released. If they don't market this with Sam Jackson in an a-, a little Afro wig talking to John Travolta. <laughs> you know what they call The Royale with cheese. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Royale, yeah. I heard, a, I heard someone suggesting that it might be on the Switch. I mean, it might as well we might know more april 24th i thought, I thought that was the hints uh what's his name sakurai gave that like uh we didn't choose any yeah. of the dlc characters meaning like everything else is a commercial tie-in to something coming to switch oh. and, and joker is the only character confirmed coming to smash yeah yeah so there's an event april 24th there's a live concert event uh called persona super live and that is where they've already announced they're going to reveal some more details of what this is. Um, but theories abound. So there is a female the subtitle character. subtitle to the game. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> There's a female character featured in the trailer um, who is a student at the Academy from Persona 5. And so what this looks to be, if, you, if, if previous releases are any indication, is this is Persona 5 with some additional content added on for some definitive edition. Now, like you guys said, God, though, the other big surprise this. could be Switch. Hmm. I'm jazzed. Yeah. Yep, can't wait for Persona 5 Dream Drop Distance and Persona 5 Birth by Sleep. I know, I, I, <laughs> Dancing I'm also night. like like begging for like, I want it on my Switch. But like, that was really my former life when I left the house. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. I can play the Switch all day. You can play it on the shitter. You can be a shitter switcher. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. I can take one of those really great uh, li- like life-affirming... Uh, uh, soul-gathering 20-minute shits. <laughs> <laughs> All right, move us along, Matt. <laughs> okay. 
case. Sorry. Please, quickly. <laughs> Try rocking back and forth. <laughs> Apple had an event earlier this week where they revealed a lot of different Apple-y things, mostly service-related. And the one game-related thing they, they announced was it's called Apple Arcade. Uh, and what Apple Arcade is, it's a new subscription service that gives you access to what they're calling a curated library of premium titles. And here's kind of the kicker. They made it like a point during that presentation to talk about these titles are going to be single price. You don't you don't have to there's no microtransactions, there's no ads to support them. Same price you get access to Cut the Rope 1 and 2. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. They were basically just shitting all over the business model that their fucking app store helped create and popularize. Right, yes, 100%. It was yeah. basically saying, yeah, these games are going to be everything that all the top of our charts on the App Store are not, you know? But that was the theme of the Apple conference, if you listen closely. Yeah. And it was that the, like, the Apple model is dying. Not that they're losing dominance in, like, everyone, most people have an iPhone, but they want you to buy the newest iPhone, but it's hard to justify selling six models of iPhone if yeah. there's one that's clearly that much better than the other then then why bother yeah i'm a poster so the child idea for is that. to sell you services and uh and and the games one is i is the one i get the least i think that is supposed to i think that is an added bonus for uh apple tv well i don't so i don't know who the consumer of this product is because i don't That's know about exactly you guys exactly what i thought like who the fuck is this i, for? I don't know yeah, about you guys exactly. but there's usually i'd say once every three maybe six months there's a premium title that comes along in the app store that i do want to fork over five to ten dollars totally. for and no, what, i'm not shitting on the apple store they have almost the exact same amount of great exclusives as, as nintendo does yeah but what this service is promising to do many is, of them are the same exclusives <laughs> yes, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> Sometimes, like by the way, when I I tuned into this live when I remembered it was happening, in like, did they announce a Zelda on the Switch, or on the on on iOS? And I still don't know what that is. I've Googled it. What did they announce a Zelda for Apple? Um, you mean way back in the day when Nintendo announced that? Because Apple no, didn't now this, like like no. this week like. No, 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 no. Because I swear no. to fucking Christ, I saw Link in there and like, what is this? This looks no, like No, that's. Of the Wild. I think you're seeing Oceanhorn 2, which is sort of a Zelda like. Yeah, it was always sort of a Zelda like. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I know Oceanhorn, but it's just like. Dude, somebody should get sued if that's not if it's not a Breath of the Wild game. So but what I was saying is I don't know who this is for because there's only a few premium titles that I'm willing to pay money for. And what this service is, is it's just those. And it's it's basically a bundle of those where this isn't streaming, by the way. You do download these to your device. And, you, and they're saying you can play them offline. Um, and you do but, own them forever. But it's a subscription service. Well, no, I think you own them as long as you pay into the subscription. I don't think right, it's, it, right. it's like Xbox Games with Gold or, or PlayStation Plus, something like that, right? Well, and that, that even when you're off the service, if they're on your system, you, you, you have access to them. Yeah. yeah. And so the thing is, we don't know pricing. All they're saying is it's launching this fall. If I had to bet, I would bet it's ten bucks because that's kind of what everything is like. I, I I cannot imagine people paying ten fucking dollars for this. Right. Well, and if I if I had to bet, uh, the reason why they didn't announce the price for this or Apple TV is because there's going to be a bundle for all of it. 
It could be that that makes more sense. It, it does make more sense yeah. if you could like like if you can imagine like paying Netflix and Nintendo one price and getting everything you want or your cable company. I might as well. Like, why not? I already have it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the trend yeah. the trend during the the conference what they really kept touting and especially with like the TV stuff they're like we're not keeping track of the shows you're watching. We don't care. You just watch the stuff with the games. They were like we're not monitoring your in game data. You're just playing these. It's more. I think it's we are however monitoring the, all your porn usage. Yes, we know what you're developers what you jerk are off monitoring. You. We, we've actually off uh, we've offloaded that to another company. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, but it's not us. I mean, that, but that's that's the interesting thing. Too. And like, it's it's someone who uh, coming from someone who likes to promote patreoncom slash laser time. But the is. idea that like when you accept accept something for free, you you usually sacrifice something. And and the idea that like Apple has emerged from like all this weird privacy cloud, like no no, we charge you tons of money. We don't need your information. We're not yeah. selling ads. That's not right. what we do. But we will take it to give you a credit card. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. No, but I think that's one thing they're even touting with that is they're like this isn't stored anywhere where anyone can can. I think they're they're touting the security. Okay, of so, this. so so hold on, if I may. Because I, I looked into this way too much. Because, like, I'm, I'm an Apple guy, but I'm not, like, an Apple fan. But I'm also, I, I also recognize I've been, I, I've had Apple products for over 10 years. Hmm. I'm not switching. I'm not dissatisfied. Yeah. I'm not re-downloading every app I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just not going to do that. Hmm. But, like, the idea is to keep you on board because they can't sell you a phone every two years uh, anymore, which which is why they had the uh, iPhone. What is it? The iPhone 10 mm-hmm. and the 10R, yeah. which are thousand dollar phones because th- they can't make as much money as they used to because we're not adopting new phones fast enough. So what they want to do is complement that with services. Yeah, and, and and so what Apple has the ability to do, if you saw like in the other stuff, if you saw the uh, the the new subscription fees, yeah, they can bundle your subscription fees. In, into something that is much cheaper than subscribing to Washington Post or New York Times or, or LA uh, or LA Times alone, and so so like for something video game apocalypse listeners will give a fuck about uh, the Apple TV thing. The rumor is is that they're going to negotiate the fees down for like HBO and Stars and Showtime to nine ninety nine maximum. On top of on top of their subscription, or is that as part of their subscription? As part of the Apple TV, because okay. like right now they want those those companies want fourteen ninety nine to twenty dollars, yeah. which yeah. is ridiculous. It's like it's, I don't know. It makes me it makes me I don't want like I want to subscribe to HBO so bad, but like you have the smallest movie selection in the world. Crackle has more movies than you. Like if I'm up to date on Game of Thrones, I don't need you. Yeah. But I, but I do need to be up to date on Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, but that's the thing is, like Netflix, they realized they had to have quality original content. And every year, right. the Emmys, it's mostly HBO shows getting nominated. It's, it's yes. usually some of the best TV. So Again, this is all fascinating to me. I hear Tim Cook is noting those poor content creators to death. I don't have... <laughs> I love the idea that we're launching a Netflix streaming service and we're going to talk about three and a half shows and show you mm. nothing. But look, look Steven Spielberg likes it. I mean, it's the same with the games, too. It's not like they showed a huge selection. They were like, look at all the people we're working with. We just can't say what But they the had big are. names. They had Sega on there. They, they, they have... did, but, they, that, dude, they showed a clip 
from the Sonic Generations trailer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, Sonic Team Racing is on it. Like, no one is, you know, chomping at the bit to play that shit again. <laughs> but in, unless it comes with a, a fee, and so, the, so I'm saying the only thing Apple can do at this point, even with its credit card, is reduce the prices you're already paying on other services and reduce and force other services to reduce the price of their month, monthly fee. And that's the best they can do, but only Apple can really do it. I don't know about that, dude. Apple's differentiator has never been cheaper pricing. If anything, it's the opposite. They've oh, always yeah. been the premium option. But that's I, mean, the I thing. have an like, Android. What, so what has Apple matters. done for gaming? Have they ever built a controller? Have they ever developed a game? No. But what they can, but like, if you they almost used, had Halo. <laughs> yeah. True. If you haven't used their newsreader, what they do is they basically supplement the cost of what you'd have to pay for New York Times to keep you in the Apple ecosystem. Yeah. They want you there. So I think I think that's what is going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be a minor disruptor and that it's going to reduce the price of a, a bunch of shit we're used to or a bunch of services that are that want a different price elsewhere. You're going to pay less on an Apple device. What am I talking about? Well, the, I I'm mean, you sorry. mentioned devices. We should mention all of the things they were talking about. It doesn't just work on iPhones. It will work on Apple TVs. Right. Or iPads as well. Like that's kind of I think it's a requirement for being in the program. The game has to run on all right. of those. Right. And I think I think and regular Macs the, as well. The big deal is that like Apple has not put an app on other on televisions. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't excite people like you and me because have as everybody anybody here had a good experience with an app on a television? No, god no. Mm. No. Because the hardware, yeah, yeah, they don't they don't build it to run these things quickly. I don't know. Uh, one thing one other thing we were talking about content creators also, they didn't provide any details there of how those game makers would get paid. Is it, is it going to be based on the number of times your game was played over the month for some part of that subscription? Probably, is it probably just downloaded a, the same way Xbox Live and PS Plus works. Hmm. Yeah. Or there could there's probably some MG, some minimum guarantee that they give you just yeah. to include your game there, and then it, it accrues against that over time. Is, not is not just on Callus. I'm not that worried about that. That model already exists in other services and apple has more money than any of those services combined mm. yeah. so i i think they w- they will drive down prices in a way that you will find surprising and they will make certain things because the only thing we have information on is the credit card which in the, the credit card is like i don't want it to be appealing to me but i already use apple pay a lot and like no oh, shit i pay my bills on time i might as well pay apple hmm. uh, i i so like what if i'm a gamer what if i'm no, I don't understand their video thing. That <laughs> never mind. I, I'm looking very forward to the morning show <laughs> okay. and, and amazing stories. I'm not fucking around. Like I, maybe that's why I was like, "Who cares what Steven Spielberg said about movie premieres?" Amazing stories is great. It was the '80s Twilight Zone. It's an awesome show, and it's great that it's coming back. Yeah. Uh, so, last bit of news: two new VR titles were announced the first is five nights at freddy vr help wanted why it's coming this spring dude why do you why know would you want to play that do you know how much money those games make i do oh, yeah, no games... no like i just i just was with my friend's son and he was throwing out his five nights at freddy stuff like that craze was almost two years ago that's it's over that's true I, I i haven't seen five nights at freddy's merch at target in quite a while True. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's YouTube creators are still making content around it though, and it's yeah. being consumed in huge numbers. Grown sure, I don't want to. I don't want to discount that. But I asked him, someone who was obsessed with it, and like, when was the last Five Nights at Freddy's game? He's like, I don't know. 
He's like, I play Apex Legends now. Yeah, I play Robo Blocks now. I don't give. I don't give a fuck. Roblox. They got different because the guy, the creator, <laughs> wanted to try one. new things, and so there was like a 16-bit RPG, Five Nights at Freddy's, and yeah, and this one's a VR, and and what it looks to be, it's sort of a greatest hits. Like there are some levels from the original games plus some new bits which i mean i don't how do you define a level in a game where you just stare at security monitors the whole time <laughs> yeah i don't know and, and look at anime there are, it's, it's each night it's like the segments okay okay so that's that's uh that's coming to psvr oculus and htc vive create a, a level editor that lets me uh put all the animatronics in the same place at once so they all jump out and shriek at me in unison Yes, and then break into song uh-huh. and, and play, you know, like Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, and then the other VR title is Iron Man VR, which is coming, it looks like, exclusively to PSVR uh, sometime this year. This is developed by Camouflage, the developers of Republique, uh, which, did you guys ever play Republique? No. I yes. haven't, but my understanding is that it's like, it's sort of a... Uh, it's a stealth. It's a stealth. Like you game. have indirect control over someone. Yeah, yeah it's like a camera control direction yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. It's actually really cool. So this Iron Man game is played entirely in first person. Uh, it does have some cutscenes. Like it, the the trailer they showed starts with like Tony Stark on a plane, and it's not voiced by Robert Downey Jr. And that's yeah. the first thing that sticks out. It's like it. It sounds more like someone who should voice Spider Man. It's like this really young guy doing Tony Stark's voice. I'm like, I'm like he needs to sound more alcoholic to be Tony mm-hmm. Stark. Uh, but I digress. Uh, and then it, it has a cut scene where your your plane like explodes and you're out of the plane. And then the Iron Man suit comes to you and forms around you. And then you're just fighting bad guys using your kind of um, well, you can punch enemies. And then there's the propulsion rays and all typical Iron Man bullshit, you know? Yeah, it's, it's very Iron Man, the, the, the greatest scene in Iron Man 3. Yes. Yeah, sure. there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, the other thing is you, you will have the help of Friday, who is your assistant in this one. Uh, Not and to yeah. be confused with Jarvis. Right, because Jarvis. Or Pepper Potts, mm-hmm. or even Pepper though I'm Potts. going to marry whoever this is. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no other details were provided in terms of price or even when in 2019 this is coming. But this is coming to PSVR this year. Hmm. Wait, did, did we say this is part of Sony's weirdo Nintendo Direct ripoff E3, I, E3 I should replacement? Have, I should have mentioned that. This was part of, yeah, Sony's game... Is it Games, State of Play? State of Play. Thank mm. you. Play, State of PlayStation. Uh, Good just, name. Not as fun as Nintendo Direct. Yeah. But you know what? This is their first time doing it. They'll be doing another nope. one of these at E3. They already were out there saying that that's what they'd be doing. And I think it's great. I, you know, to be honest, it's for me, like learning about games this way is just as effective as the big press conference things like they do at E3. Yeah. So it's totally fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. let me learn about it all in one 20 minute shot. I, I do like that. Yeah. Rather than checking a blog every day. Sure. And they, they also reported, I thought this was big news. And even though I've seen it discounted that, um, uh, the PSVR has sold over 4 million units, mm-hmm. yeah. which I thought was an impossibility. Yeah, I would I would call the PSVR a success. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's technically less than the Connect had sold, which was terrible, and the PSVR works. But that was Kinect required. Didn't. Yeah, the Connect was required, right? So it was yeah. Microsoft including that with just unit sales of the Xbox. One. No, it's even even the 360 numbers. Oh, okay. Um, but but like the, it was a much it, it's 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 a, it was always at least a hundred dollars more than Connect. Right. But I mean, I'm I'm a convert. Like, and and you were. You were right in giving me shit a couple episodes ago, Matt. That like it, it, it just makes 
normal mundane games more fun. Mm. It's great. Like I, I like everything I play in <laughs> VR. I end up like my jaw dropping a little more than I would if it weren't in VR. Yeah, I, I, I really lament the fact that I didn't play Tetris Effect before the end of the year last year because I probably would have lobbied for that to be on our top ten games of the year list. And it's fucking Tetris. That's what's crazy. And I would have said, well, I don't care. <laughs> but I would. <laughs> it's, it's good. I'd and and like Chris said, it's a, it's not a Tetris ninety nine. Well, and, and Astrobot. That that was like Chris's game of the year after mm-hmm. the fact. You know. Yeah. After the fact, yeah. After the but, fact. but yeah, but you were right. If like if that wasn't VR, you could technically do it without VR, but it wouldn't be special. Yeah, and you'd be lacking certain features. But um, it's special. Same with uh, Space Junkies. Like I don't know if Space Junkies would would be a th- would it matter if that wasn't in VR? No, like that, it's that game that needs VR. VR to work. It really does. I, I think it, it, like. Yeah. And and VR needs space junkies, I think also. <laughs> All right, Shill. That's enough out of here. No, no, but but like but you could have done that game at any point without VR, mm-hmm. but it's special yeah. because that's what it's meant well, for. It's not just shilling though. Like the first time that I played it, I was like this is what I I always felt like VR was supposed to yeah. deliver on and very right. few games do because I think there's that huge block of like we can't make this too awesome or people will get sick. Yeah. And Space Junkies manages to avoid that. I think in part, like one of the things is like it gives you sort of like a constant thing to focus on. Mm-hmm. Like you have the the grill of your helmet, which goes across the bottom of the of, of your view. And it's like, okay, if if there's like an object that's kind of close to you that you can also focus on, it kind of cuts down on the, the Ubisoft motion learned that sickness. with Eagle Flight. Yes. Uh, I was talking to one of the devs once who said the reason you can see your beak is because that helps ground you. It's like when, when astronauts go yeah. into space, they train them, like, look at this static thing yeah. in the point, so don't look at the spinny stuff. And then there's other tricks where they'll block your peripheral vision a little bit so that... And then uh, with Space Junkies, you never actually move that fast through the environment hmm. like because it's supposed to be this floaty kind of space feel right so you're never moving forward or backwards fast enough to get sick and i mm-hmm. think that's the other way they just they, yeah that's a comfort thing and then yeah, on, i think that's that's crazy for the first time in our lives <laughs> i think it's a four percent adoption rate with ps4 owners wow but i think that's only so low because the ps4 has sold so much over the course of six years mm-hmm. and uh i think that's amazing i think we're on the verge of something here uh, and, and, and that VR is slowly coming into its own, which I'm only astonished by because it's a $300 unit, no matter how you slice it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And then we're getting into Oculus Quest with the... Uh, right. Yeah, the all-in-one standalone, wireless. Yeah. yeah, wireless. Yeah, I'm, This is the year of VR, mm-hmm. finally. <laughs> well, speaking of technologies that are coming into their own, that's a perfect transition. Yes. That's all the news that's fit to play. The perfect transition for... The community segment, which is always the segmenting our community. Uh, last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was, what are your thoughts on game streaming, specifically as presented by Google with Stadia? And we also asked, like, what are your previous experiences mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. streaming, like with PS Now or OnLive, which I didn't realize OnLive was actually bought by Sony. That's why it went out of business. It didn't just fail. Oh, wow. They bought Gaikai and right. online? Yes. Wow, okay. mm-hmm. But, any, uh, George, you weren't here last week. Did you have an opinion that you want to voice? Oh, so actually, the podcast this week that I normally do is all about this subject. Ah, yes. I have a lot of opinions, which you can hear uh, extensively there. I'm kind of a naysayer on this, though. Mm. I don't know how you guys fell on it. 
I'm positive to it. I don't think it's going to replace consoles. I don't think no. it's the console killer. I think it will be just an additional option for yeah. people. Peeking ahead at what some of the comments are, yeah. I just have a lot of trepidations around our ISPs. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, yeah, spoiler alert. Our fans had a lot of similar trepidations there, George. Yeah, it turns out people hate Comcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. They've done so much good for the world with their customer service <laughs> and top-notch service. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, that was, that was great because you. Oh, what was it? Apple was doing that conference and like we've talked to a number of ISPs: Spectrum, Arcana, Wonderbread. <laughs> like, wow, yeah, dude! Like, ha- nobody yeah. gets their service from mm-hmm. anybody you're talking about. There's one service company who has to offer this, and they're not going to help. Right? They're going to hurt Google. This. Fighting with the ISPs, like are they lobbying yes. for it? Like we don't have net neutrality yet. Like there's yeah. a whole lot of stuff that's still up yeah. in the air. So, but so like I'm not like like you, George. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm very for this in principle. I just yeah. don't believe it can work with our current infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Yes. In a dream world, I think this is really cool. I, I think no, fundamentally, not even a dream world in fucking Estonia, this could work. Well, I mean, <laughs> here's they the have thing, right? Like, the 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 reason that I'm the most optimistic is I remember as a kid being like a broke-ass kid with a shitty PC, and I would check every single game I wanted to play, will my computer run this? And it's a pain in the ass, and it sucks, and it's not helpful for people who are short on cash, right? Mm -hmm. This means that people will be able to access high-quality AAA games without a huge upfront cost. That's Mm -hmm. good. That means more people playing games than playing great games. That's awesome. But all the other baggage, that's scary. I think they did quote someone from Google as saying, like, if you can run YouTube, you can run this. It's it's not that different in terms of data usage. That will be the point, I think, eventually, is to play your games on YouTube. Well, they also said, though, that, like, it'll go, they'll scale it down to 720p. But if you're looking at, like, you know, 4K, 60 frames per second, that is not a small amount of That is kind of beefy. I think the caveat I had and what a lot of these commenters here are commenting on is the current state of internet and the current state of things. And I think Phil Harrison was very clear. He said there's some immediate stuff on the immediate horizon, you know, in terms of tech. Probably 5G is is really what he was referring to. Yeah, he was he was very coy with it, but he was he was mostly commenting like there's some regions we won't be able to reach. Yeah, yes, and that means you, Montana, with your last blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> I think also like I, I don't know if any of our comments specifically address this, but I have seen. Uh, some people who are leery of this because of the idea that it's like, what if physical media goes away? What if consoles go away? And I will say that the video game publishers are in the business of making money. Mm-hmm. If there is a market sure. for something, yep. they will make it. If, if, you're if people, if people want to buy physical media, they'll put it out there. If yeah. people want to play on consoles that are dedicated, they will make them. Well, but but Google won't. Well, it's no, really Google big... won't, but like Netflix didn't drive Blu-ray or DVDs completely out of business. Like this is just sure. going to be another way of accessing this content. It's sort of the big secret. Whenever anyone on the internet complains like, oh, that company just won't give it to us and they're just being unfair and that thing would sell like crazy. I'm like, no, there's not a company in the world that works for profit that is afraid yeah. of money. If they thought there was a market for that, they would put it out. How do you feel, though, about just giving Google even more of your information? Hmm. Well, that's that's the other thing. Google too, already it? has all my information. Yeah. I mean, that, <laughs> like, I'm not saying I'm 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 not a role model, but I already gave them all my information. I don't care anymore. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I wish they didn't have it. It's worth like like when people made comments like that, you're not that that's not a comment on the, the platform. It's about the delivery mechanism. It's like complaining about a Nintendo system by bitching about Target. 
Yes. True. Does that, does that make true. sense? I suppose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about the wires and the pipes that the stuff is coming down, and you're not talking about the actual tech, which is the server sitting there in Google's warehouses. Yeah, it, it, mm-hmm. it should yeah. get better. It should get better as we move forward. And I understand, like, oh, I want to own all my games. Like, I don't anymore. I have a giant house full of games. I'm almost 40 years old. Yeah, I don't. I don't need any. I, I just don't care about that anymore. By the time, by the time I realize, oh, I can't play that game anymore. There's seven thousand games I want to play. I'm, I care about archiving games, though. Yeah, I, yeah. I care no, about someone yeah. else archiving games. And <laughs> hopefully, yeah. the pirates stay alive. I want them to. Yeah, but again, this isn't going to replace consoles or anything. I think this will be additive. Yeah. The other thing I sure. do, I do respect the opinions of everyone who sent in comments, um, and I do really appreciate. It, and we love when you do that. The one thing I was wondering, and I wish we would have asked, is how many of those people participated in the Google beta with Assassin's Creed? Because that was the thing that sort of made me a believer. Because I tried some streaming services before, yeah. but until you try the Google version of that service, like I think it's really tough to pass judgment. And I tried it. And it made me a believer. I went, oh Jesus! This, yeah. I'm not noticing other than the there was like one hiccup. I didn't notice. Any I don't difference. trust Google, but I trust they have something up their sleeve that makes this work better than other services. Right. Mm. And yeah, mm. first Let's dive into the user comments. First responder on VigiGameApocalypse.com was friend of Desoto, who says it's been said many times and so obvious many times. Streaming is the future, and it's now if you look at other countries. But the United States, with its terrible internet, weren't you guys complaining about Comcast when the Tyler Wadden Memorial Studio was in San Francisco, tech capital of the country? So I don't know why Google and Walmart are hell-bent on releasing such a service here in America when any European Union country would be more receptive. I think you might have been presenting a false choice there. I don't think it's a choice that has to be America or Europe. I think it will be both of those things. Well, I think Europe passed a law this week that will make all that shit harder as we move forward. Mm. It's only going to be China that's off of their infrastructure book. Mm. Ah. True. Yeah. Who, who ironically have way better internet than us. It's so and I will point out, just because we're in the tech capital of the world, please don't assume that means we get better internet, because it does not. That, that's sort of the running no, joke. We, that, yeah, when Google had the chance to lay fiber uh, and fiber network, they picked Kansas City. Right. Kansas fucking city. And they fucked it up. Isn't, isn't, or no, there was once, it might not have been Kansas City, it might have been like Louisville. I made this same comment. It's Louisville, yeah. yeah. Google just pulled their fiber up when they decided it wasn't worth so, a sort of monetary. Shit. Apparently, they, they didn't bury it deep enough. So, so it did, it still required some ditch digging, where, but they only made the ditches like two or three inches deep. And then they poured the asphalt over it and it was wearing out. And so, there were some places where you could see the rubber that was going over the wiring, and in some places there was like exposed wiring, and so it was just like the awesome. Yeah, did I, did I yell? I yelled about that a bunch on bonus time. Uh, Google bought a company in San Francisco called WebPass. Yeah, that offered fiber lines for a, a concrete fee, no hidden fees, um, and I tried to get it. Uh, they said no. We only service buildings with. You have to own more than 50 units of your building for us to come and install it to you. And I said, that's like 20 buildings in this city. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then I, I told them that by walking one uh, block, half a block away, which is where their location was. Oh, God. And <laughs> I, could throw a, I, could, I, could, I could call them, email them, or I could literally throw a rock and through their window from my back porch and it didn't matter because they, they were they were their hands were tied. It in like talking to them about it. it wasn't that like yeah we want to deliver fiber to everybody, but like the city's making it so ex- it's like 
a million dollars a foot almost hmm. yeah. uh, to dig this line. We should also mention one of the reasons Google pulled out of Louisville, uh, Comcast and some other people did sue them. Oh, my. Yeah. So it wasn't just Always. that they were struggling. It was also uh, the competitors were trying to make things a little bit less competitive. Or mm-hmm. Time Warner, Comcast World, and everyone knows that. The Monopoly that, system works, kids. But that could change, <laughs> especially when we talk about 5, 5G stuff and all that stuff. So, yeah. like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't give a fuck about the physical games thing anymore. And everyone, every time we do an episode about, an, uh, like, when I talk about something not being on DVD, someone gives me shit for being old. And they're the same kind of person who's like, but I want physical games. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't. I don't understand. Like I don't. I don't understand the dichotomy here. Uh, Laser Time Rules says I don't have faith in game streaming. Hell, I barely have faith in digital only. Remember when that was touted as the future? Between not every area having access to high speed and the ludicrous data caps the major ISPs impose, streaming is destined to fail. I thought Google's GDC reveal was laughable at best. Ouch! They'll abandon the project sooner than later, like they do many of their projects. Remember Google Plus, Buzz, right. Video, Reader. Uh, Google's basically. But Google's basically the fox of tech. Ouch! With all the shit they try, then cancel. Anyway, streaming won't be viable until we get our shit straight and the damn ISPs lift the caps at a reasonable price. Ha ha, like they would ever do that. Dang. But that's but that's the thing. Like things that like like uh, Stadia. Am I saying that right? Yes. I don't even know. Yeah. Like Stadia. Uh, Stadia Arcadia. Those are the things that move certain things forward to force people to upgrade their systems. So I don't know who Spectrum Cable is, but if Spectrum Cable has a deal with Google and automatically upgrades their system to be capable of running the streaming shit, that's unignorable to the rest of the country, and Comcast and Time Warner will have to change. I think you are very optimistic when it Hmm. comes to uh, negotiating monopolies. No, but if they partnered up with someone as small as Spectrum, like, I don't know who those people are. I just know they're the the third-place in the ISP America. I mean, the problem provider. is though, like we we heavily regulate like the infrastructure that allows those smaller companies to, you know, like access the lines. But that's only if they're accessing the lines. The monopoly that they've created, Time Warner, Spectrum, and uh, Comcast own all those lines. They're the ones who can dig exactly. and make yeah. more lines. Right. Birthday boy Matt Brunell says, uh, "Also happy birthday to me. Thanks." Matt, it's not my birthday, but I appreciate it. Officially 26 years old and stuck in the graveyard shift at work. Uh, just kidding. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, anyway, Matt. Hey. Anyway, enough about me. Personally, I'd be really excited about the idea of stream-based gaming if good internet access becomes something totally nationwide. Coming from experience, I currently live in a house that isn't even serviceable at all for the internet, so the most I can do is run off my 15 gigs of hotspot on my phone, and the speeds don't even make that worth it, mainly for keeping my PS4 updated. The thought of the industry switching entirely to a stream-based, digital-only platform is literally a nightmare to gamers in areas such as mine. You have a great point. The boondocks. Ah, yes. We also have a video response from Cody Laveau. The Cajun Crippler? The Cajun Crippler himself. One and the same. And a friend. He's joined by a friend. Oh. Is it sexy? Depends on if you're into that sort of thing. I usually am. It's Cajun Crippler, Cody Laveau. It's late at night. And that's a baby possum. Aww. Look at him. Isn't he cute? He's so cute. Uh, let's let him go, okay? No, keep him. Let's let him go. He's your pet now. There he goes. <laughs> He's your son. So anyway, streaming, um, 
ran off. Streaming uh, seems like a very exciting option, but I'm not sure exactly how it's going to work with internet. I don't always get the best connection, but I would love to do it. So hopefully that's really helpful. And obviously I have a new job and I'm back. So hopefully I will, I will be back once a week. We'll see you next time. Yay! With more animals. It's wonderful. Thanks, Welcome Cody. Yes. That's awesome. Laser Time's resident animal expert, Lavo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, from the official Laser Time Facebook community, Jake Rank says, "I loved on live back in the day. I would be on board with a service that would still let me buy an individual game rather than a high monthly subscription. Data caps might scare me off too." I mean, I, I honestly think if uh, they haven't announced any pricing as far as I'm aware of, but I, I would expect Google to go kind of low with the pricing just because, like, so I have the, the Google Drive, like, expanded 100 gigabyte service. That's like two bucks a month. It's nothing. Yeah. And Google yeah. does such high volume that I would I would see foresee them, like, saying, like, a low price is going to draw in more people, and that's what we want to do. Yeah, I think that the biggest point to the cynical folks out there is that Google will shut it down like they do with every half-assed Me Too thing yeah. that they create. But, I mean, they're they're kind of they're not really Me Tooing here. This is uh, a, a leader. Right. This, nobody's really done anything quite like this yet. Yeah, and that's what I, I tried to emphasize last week. Like, it's not like... It's not like it's not like Disney could say like we have a streaming game service because they don't have data centers all throughout the country. Google mm-hmm. does, and that's part of the, part of the way that will deliver you a better experience through a closer proximity. If that makes any sense, it makes yeah, yeah. Chris Lee Hosett says, uh, "Game streaming makes me shake my fist at the cloud like an old man, where all my game data would be saved." Get it down from there, because it's in the cloud. What's it doing in the cloud? You're confusing <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. It's just, it's just that like I still want to emphasize that again. As an old man who's been playing games for 30 years, eventually, none of that matters. You just want to play new shit. Hmm. And, you'll, and you'll probably pay a, a, a less of a price to do it. I can't play all my old games. Imagine having uh, seven generations of old games. Mm-hmm. How many generations do I have now, Michael? You're the wiki Parez. Yeah. Isn't this the eighth generation? Probably. Yeah, I have it all. I have it all. Yep. And like and like I'll never touch it. Like it's just it's just a music. Going you back know, to the Fairchild Channel F. You know, George brought up a great point that I really hadn't thought much of before, but the pain in the ass if you're a PC gamer, there's always been that pain in the ass of will this game run on my computer or even if it could run there's like a setup time like with a lot of games like to make sure they're running properly and that's one thing you know steam has helped with a lot but like the Mm -hmm. old days when you would like buy a box pc copy Mm -hmm. you would bring it home and maybe be playing within two or three hours because you do it was a night-long project for some shit yeah and and I think super PC gaming enthusiasts, in order to get the game no, running... No, for like, Far perfect... Cry, which I think just turned 20. Yeah, but to get the game running on their machine, they will take the time to like sit there and optimize it or something. Now to do that and have the ability of like having a game run as if I had done that optimization on a top-tier PC, but just have it be done automatically for me because it's in the cloud and the server, like that's actually pretty cool benefit, I, you know? I mean, there's mm. an even simpler incentive. Like, the fact that when you buy a game you have to download it right like right. i bought Sekiro yeah. digitally right. and I had to download that fucking massive game i could not play right away it was and like 12 that means, gigs that's nothing yeah, it's, 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 that's true but like we've been in, in other scenarios where like it's much harder right mm-hmm. and in, totally. in, in, in google <laughs> steam, 
in Google Stadia's presentation, <laughs> the fact that I could watch a trailer on YouTube, click play, and then I'm playing it, that's, that's amazing. Cool. Yeah, I, I thought, I didn't know if they were intentionally being cute because didn't they like Doom Eternal didn't they say Doom, Doom Eternal was coming That's yeah they had the guy on stage saying Doom Eternal so the original Doom I don't know if this is a cute I thing I understood the that is Doom Eternal six, <laughs> Doom Eternal oh it's just <laughs> Doom, Doom don't even worry about it uh, it, it, it uh, the original Doom file was the largest game file I've ever downloaded on my console 66 gigs 66.6 gigs ah clever and it, it took over a day mm. to download. Oh. Never had that problem. <laughs> yeah. No, that, I mean, that can happen. You've yeah. been able to download well, 66 gigs from the P- PS4? Here's my shit. Uh, net, the idea of a Netflix... Like, if, if they have a subscription service that is like Netflix, but with new AAA games, that is extremely appealing to me because here's what I do every week. I buy all the games that I play for Video Game Apocalypse. I will probably play most of them for like two hours and never touch them again. So uh, th- this removes the obligation of like, I have to pay $60 for something right. I'm going to use for a little bit. And yeah. uh, So what you're saying, this I, might be a way that you would like preview, like play games to see if you like them. And then maybe if you really like yeah, them, man. why not just buy like the version for your console? If or that's PC? what I want, or yeah. I can just continue playing them on Stadia. If that's and, if and that's how it works, like downloading a is this something p- kids still do? Downloading a demo, like you know those thirty gig demos that are just mm-hmm. locked. Ver- like yeah. it's just the full game where they blocked off content. So yeah. you don't think that they'll sell the games for full price? I think they will. I mean, I they haven't really said one way or the other what they're going to do. I think they'll do both. I think they yeah. can't exist without a, um, a monthly subscription model, but there'll be multiple options. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and no matter really and I don't. No matter what that is, if it's under twenty dollars or under, I'll I'll do it. For, like for sure, twenty one ninety nine. Sorry, Chris. God damn it, George. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> my uncle works at Google, so. <laughs> All right. Well, he previously I worked at my Nintendo? Google stock? Nice. I have no Google stock. All right. Luke Batty says, I had a one-year subscription to PS Now, and I liked it enough. The only major complaint initially was not being able to keep your place in a game when you turn off the system. However, when I moved to a new apartment, the only internet option I had was basically crap, and I suddenly I couldn't use it anymore. I had four months left on my subscription at the time, and at that point, it felt like a huge waste. Luckily, towards the end of my subscription was when Sony uh, finally started letting people download their games. My point is, you never know when you're going to lose access to fast enough internet uh, to stream. And paying for the stuff, paying for that stuff can be kind of risky. Mm-hmm. I know, but like it's the same argument I made. I'm saying it less cynically. Like My job is to be online and uploading shit every day. If I have no internet, my problem is so much bigger than <laughs> replaying Tomba. Yeah. The, the 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 very like OCD version of me though, my bigger fear is dropping frames while playing. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't see how that's not possible. Because who can who can guarantee a, a consistent latency at this point? Yeah. Google. Google can that's they're going to try to they're gonna fix all that. Like they if if Google knows nothing else, it's technology, and so I, I have some faith there. I'll, I'll read the next question because I think it's kind of as I see it, but I don't know how quickly they'll solve it. Okay. So uh, J.R. Rawl says, I have no idea if Stadia will be big in 2019, but I'm 99% sure something like it will be big in 2029. 
as in Netflix versus network TV big. That's where I think is accurate. Because whether or not Stadia is huge success, someone will figure this out. And when that happens, J.R. Rawls will be there to write a very long comment thread (laughs) about it on a 30-2010 episode. MVP commenter J.R. Rawls, guest appearance on a VGA episode. How could I pass that up? Hashtag called it. Uh, Sean Castaneda says, not a fan of not owning my console games. I like being able to sell my games or give them to friends. I do use Steam, but I rarely pay more than $5 for a game, so it does not bother that I don't own a physical copy. But at $60 or more per game, I want a physical copy. Yeah, I, I think that's what a lot of people said before the whole transition to digital as well. And that, yeah, that, that's still a valid complaint. Uh, from the Twitter at VG Apocalypse, uh, at Lemmy21 says, I think it could create an elite class of gamer. I would worry that Sony and Microsoft would follow suit and make gaming inaccessible to a large portion of current gamers. Again, what would be their interest in doing that? Yeah, why would that happen? <laughs> The Illuminati, man. Yeah, we want to make yeah. gaming an elite experience that people can't afford and can't give us money for. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, we only want people with astigmatism to play our games. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's the that's little true. demographic we're going after. There could be like pieces of DLC that are like exclusive if you buy the Stadia yeah. thing. You know, like there's sure. already collector's editions, and yeah. you, you already deal with it, so it's I not going to be. No, but like, when are we going to talk about the idea that all DLC has always been useless and bad and dumb? It's 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 piecemeal because it's not important. Except for Assassin's Creed games, Michael. It's fine. Yes, it's fine. thank you. It thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, Bloodborne DLC is the best DLC. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Oh, true. Old Hunters. It's true, but you'll never be able to tell me I didn't play Bloodborne because I didn't play the DLC. Hmm. Only boss I've ever gotten stuck at in a in a Souls game was in the Bloodborne DLC. Oh wow! Casual. <laughs> Asshole. And finally, Triskitable says the latency is a deal breaker and would render shooters, rhythm games, and especially fighters unplayable competitively. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. It, tr- try it on Google and we'll see. Right. Do you remember Rising Thunder is a thing that was out a while ago and our buddy made it and it worked? Yeah. And there there might be certain genres that that aren't great for these types of services, and that's okay. I mean, by definition, this is dedicated servers. Therefore, it's already better than a lot of other multiplayer games. Yeah. There you go. And I love, I was in Target today thinking about this. And it's like, just for example, Fallout. Like, uh, you, a new Fallout game comes out. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to give Microsoft my money and not be able to play this. And like, so Target gets that and has Fallout for sale on the the shelves, and now more than ever has more Fallout merchandise than I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't think physical games are going anywhere because physical retail places need something to justify their existence. Mm -hmm. So you'll still be able to buy a physical game if you wanted to, but like I'd rather touch more games for an hour than own something I know I'm going to play for 90 hours. Does that make sense? I suppose. Sure. Like I'd rather sample more games hmm. than uh, than have one forever <laughs> immovable in my house that I play for ninety hours because like I, there are very few of those in my life. I'm not done with Kingdom Hearts three. I already called that my game of the year. I mean, I paid for GameFly for quite a while for that exact reason. Mm-hmm. Right. I want access to more games. Yeah. Because I, I love trying everything. I love knowing about things, and I think that. I, Maybe I'm I, I'm in a different demographic than most people, but 
whatever it doesn't matter because this is the future whether you like stadia or not this is coming period yep only problem with gamefly is like oh i want this new release oh there's a waiting list Uh, okay it happens um so new question of the week uh if you could play as an older version of one video game character who would it be um I think I'd go with Link from Legend of Zelda just because it'd be really cool to see a grizzled, beefy Link uh, trundling around Hyrule with a beard. Like, no <laughs> longer the boyish hero. Well, you know, people get beefy as they age, one assumes. Sure. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make a mockery of this question. Sure, please do. And uh, I played a ridiculous amount of the NES version of Three Stooges. And really? it was all based on their 1930s classic shorts. I didn't know those guys were making shorts into their into the 1960s, oh, and it's Jesus. really slow and really pathetic. <laughs> and I would I would love a game that let me play as a really slow 3D stooge. Why I oughta? <laughs> what a depressing Woo-hoo. idea! That's the most oddly <laughs> yeah. specific answer anyone could have come up with for this question. I want it. Super specific. Wow. Hey, Mo, are you stealing my pills? <laughs> <laughs> um, do you guys remember how excited people got for bearded Ryu in Street Fighter V? Yeah. yeah. I would Hot love, dad Ryu. I would love yeah. to play as old man Ryu, basically when he becomes the master, like a Shang Long version mm. of Ryu, and see how his fighting style has evolved, because his whole goal is always to be the best fighter in the world, right? So old man Ryu would be the absolute be- he'd be a better fighter than current Ryu. One assumes. It's, it's that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because Conor McGregor has retired four times since Street Fighter V came out. One of these days it'll stick. I will say one that briefly flashed through my mind when I was prepping the top five is uh, Samurai Showdown Warrior's Rage was a PlayStation game that you play as old man Haomaru. The uh, the the Ryu type character who's like you know got the big hair and the spinny uppercut blade thing. Um, so yeah, that wasn't a very good game. Mm. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> new news! They they announced a new one this week. A new Samurai Showdown. Yeah, for Wii. Really? Or for Switch? For, yeah. for, for Wii. <laughs> <laughs> for the hot Switch. new Sorry. Nintendo console. Oh, sweet. Sorry. Does it run in 480p? I just recently. Uh, rewatched um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and I Me think too. playing Good any you. old superhero character yeah. is awesome. It's so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a fat, chubby Spider-Man. Yeah. Count me in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like an X-Men game with old Logan, I'm on board. Oh, oh yeah. absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, old man Logan, that'd be amazing. Mm. Yeah. I got nothing to lose. Uh, we we got to take my five. pills every, every hour. It's like the malaria in Far Cry 2. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to do our honorable mention from the top five, and I think this was George's idea. Uh, Nathan Drake, we mm. did get to see him. Spoiler alert for for Uncharted Four, I guess. But at the end of that game, you get to see basically middle aged Nathan Drake, and um, yeah, I mean that that was just one of the coolest moments that I, I thought I wanted to give a shout out because I did feel like we kind of were growing alongside Nathan Drake for all those other games, and then oh, just yeah. to see. That he made it with his wife and they had their daughter by the end of four was was really a, kind of a touching moment and a really good example of this week's top five. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So what game character would you like to play as in an older version, possibly with a beard, whether male or female? I'd like to see old lady Laura Croft, which I think you brought up, George, when we were talking. Yes. That'd be pretty That's cool. a great idea. Yeah. Closest we've really gotten is like 
40-year-old Evie Fry in uh, the Assassin's Creed right. uh, Jack the Ripper DLC. But um, So what? let us know what character you'd like to play. Go to videogameapocalypse.com, answer under the comments for episode 309, or go to the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there that you can answer, or hit us up on Twitter at VG Apocalypse and let us know your thoughts and you might get read on next week's show. Anyway, uh, it's time for some plugs. Uh, George, I know you already said this earlier, but uh, let us know again where people can hear your dulcet tones on a regular basis. Uh, you can find us wherever fine podcasts are sold. Just uh, search for Experience Points. Experience Points Podcast. Nice. nice. All right, Chris, take it away. Yes, this week's Laser Time, uh, a little weirdo that no one liked called Matty Allen joins us. That's me. Uh, <laughs> for, uh, joins joins uh, myself and Diana Goodman, uh, Mrs. Michael Rapares, for a look at Fox. Mm. Just a, 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 a kind of extensive look on what we're losing with the Disney acquisition, what the identity of that company was throughout their almost 100 years of existence. And what exactly Disney owns at this point? It's in the form of Everything. a wonderful quiz that Maddie put together. Again, yeah. shout out to Matt. Is the best part about the show is we could say that Matt, your first job was on the Fox lot. My first entertainment job was on the Fox lot. Yep, working uh, in the theatrical marketing group. And a little part of the show, I just recount some of my craziest working on the lot stories. And one story I forgot, and this is like a little tease for the show that. I forgot to mention that one of the common recurrences of my everyday life on the lot that I would constantly see was the Bluth banana stand was always just really (laughs) lying all over the lot. Like you would be just like walking to the couch here. Oh, there's a banana stand. They must've been shooting here today. Just everywhere. I hear there's money. That is my only face palm for the thing we didn't mention that Disney now owns. Disney now owns Arrested Development, including Buster Bluth, the murderer. (laughs) I didn't include it because I wasn't sure with the Netflix deal, how much Netflix was actually paying for production of the later seasons. So I know Fox for sure did all the earlier seasons, but I wasn't sure with season five if that was belong to Netflix or, or how the rights were all working there. I only know because I, I was in a Target and I saw Netflix se- or season four and there's no mention of the, the name Netflix on it. I'm mm. sure they're making a little bit of money and I'm sure they want to sell it into syndication, probably on some bad channel uh, like the Paramount Network. <laughs> or, or a station owned by Disney. Because mm. there's right. a lot of them now. Right. Disney now owns that brief uh, shot of Bart Simpson's penis. Thank God. True. Mm-hmm. It's in the vaults. Yep. Rocky Horror Picture Show, Fight Club, Office Space. Oh, There's something about Mary. It's all Disney. Oh, wow. man. It, it was a, a shockingly fun game, but uh, yeah, just it's crazy. It should have been called and, What and Disney Does. I did want it, like, obviously they're all defunct, but like um, Fox Interactive was a big deal in the PlayStation era, mostly because of the Die Hard trilogy. Mm-hmm. And it just it's just odd that, like, I'm trying to drive him, McLean. Might be owned by Disney, <laughs> like the <laughs> Die Hard with a Vengeance PS1 game. Uh, the Simpsons Wrestling might be a Disney wow, game. Uh, very strange. Yeah, that's actually how I got my job in video games is it was a couple ex-Fox Interactive employees who were working at Vivendi who said, you should come over and work for Vivendi because we were working with them on the Ice Age games. So oh, wow. even tied in there as well. Yeah. 
Did Ray Romano come back for the, the, the Ice Age game? No! <laughs> <laughs> Press X to do some stuff. Oh, not again. <laughs> Just get Doc Hammer or whoever does that voice. <laughs> dude, he totally sounds like that. He can't be that expensive. <laughs> that's, that's, that's very funny, but I, I do actually talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> we did it again. We went Kermit. Uh, have you ever heard Ray Romano laugh? It's great. <laughs> oh, man. It's true. When he laughs, he does sound mildly depressed. And he's just about to give up on life. <laughs> oh, yes. In uh, 302010 this week, I can't promote this hard enough. This week, I don't know if we'll have three more important movies. 302010 is the Laser Time Network show that looks uh, uh, 30, 20, and 10 years ago back in time to the releases of that week. Obviously, there's, there's usually a bunch of fun news, uh, video games. Roller Coaster Tycoon comes out during the show. Ooh, lovely. But in every segment of the 80s, the 90s, and the 2000s, starting with the least, uh, Fast and the Furious 4, a movie that sucks but brings back the Fast and the Furious series into what I love today... With thanks to Justin Lin, uh, Heather's in the '80s is might be in my top five of '80s movies, and The Matrix. We talk extensively about The Matrix, and I can't say enough glowing things about it. And my co-host can't not do the opposite. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Can't help but do the opposite. <laughs> I know which co-host you mean. Yeah, as do I, because I got I to hear about plural, this. Like it's <laughs> oh, everybody. Oh, oh, oh really? <laughs> Oh, sorry. One more thing. Uh, bonus time this week. We saw Us. Uh, we're going to talk about Us. I really love that fucking movie. I enjoyed it more than Get Out, despite being angry at it for not doing things that Get Out did. Us is great. Please go see that fucking movie if you like horror movies. And then visit the Santa Cruz Pier. Yeah. I guess that's where a lot of it's uh, taking place. Oh, wow. Uh, I thought I heard like people are like afraid of it now. <laughs> <laughs> I've always Us been made it creepy. It. Anybody else, Matt? No, I already did my plug. I'm on this week's Laser Time. Please go listen. Cool, cool. Well, as always, you can uh, visit the show on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or me personally at Wikiparas. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Chris, you're talking to a guy who can't get the difference between Paul Thomas Anderson and Paul W.S. Anderson right, regardless of which show I'm on. Or Wes Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I love Wes yeah, Anderson. Just, I love Mila Jovovich in There Will Be Blood. Yes, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. When the Predator showed up. <laughs> <laughs> there was, in fact, blood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I drink your milkshake. You are one ugly motherfucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I would pay to see that. Daniel yeah. Day-Lewis in a Predator movie. He plays the Predator and like, yes, while well, I was hanging out on set, I uh, claimed the skulls of several of my castmates. <laughs> it's very method, you see. <laughs>